0: Love to radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano. It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh
1: come on. Quick I need,
0: no seriously. Maybe bed Bath and Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs>
1: And Sam Pete RTU podcast number one hundred and twenty nine coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and eventually Freehold, New Jersey. It's the Ready to Unload podcast slash radio show talking New York sports nice. It is Thursday, February the twenty first, two thousand and thirteen. It is nine thirty PM. It's time for ready to unload, everybody. Hi. Hey. This is supposed to be like a downtime of year for sports talk. You know, the the Super Bowl's over, we're we're in hockey and basketball, who cares? Uh, Spring training is just starting. You're getting all the articles about, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. He's going to have a huge comeback year. He's committed to the program. Those sort of things. Redemption stories. That's all you're getting. And uh, yet we have a full slate, a ton to talk about. Because uh, with the Jets in town, you know, never a problem. Uh, for something to talk about, Darrell Rivas is the story. Will he be traded? Won't he be traded? Uh, yes or no? Okay, that's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna do the show tonight. Darrell Rivas traded or no? Then you have Robinson Cano coming into a contract year, coming into camp. Just like David Wright, we talked about it in October. Nobody listened to us. Now all of a sudden it's a big issue. If you're the Yankees, do you sign Robinson Cano or no? Not so much. And then you have the Knicks, didn't make any trades today. Trade deadline, went, passed, gone, goodbye. Terrible loss last night. The minute I start paying attention to the Knicks, they stink. On ice, terrible loss. Didn't make any moves, Uh, trade, or no, Uh, no. Okay, and then you got the Mets, and the worst outfield in the history of sports. And baseball, any sport. I know there's no outfields in football. It doesn't matter. That's how bad this outfield is. Uh, so uh, do you make a trade or no? So anyway, and then, of course, the Oscars. We have PJ talk about the Oscars. We may have Jay Linder, bon vivant, joining us later to talk about the Knicks and the Yankees and the Kevin Uckelis and the Oscars and the music and the stuff. He's a bon vivant. He can talk about anything you want. So all that on the slate. Let me bring in the host because I just did it. Folks, this guy, last night, this guy, this poor guy, Mr. Calniva Calpino Caliente, okay, this guy, Kel, there it is, there it is. PJ's going to be a little late to the show tonight. He's got an issue. He got an issue. This guy was at a uh, dance recital last night for his uh, six-year-old and uh, the only guy in the room, only guy in the room. Only man in the room. All little six-year-old dancers and dance moms. This guy needed to talk sports tonight in the worst way. Here he is, Brian Calvi. Hi, Bry. Hi, Steve. It's not something you recover from easily. It's twenty-four hours later. I'm still not fully you were, there. You were texting us from that room, and we were trying to come up with uh, the best scenarios
0: for you. Oh
1: boy. Wasn't just it wasn't just any room. No. This was like backstage. Right. You backstage getting the dancers ready. And the d and, and you know what, the kids are not the problem. Uh, I don't think the six year olds are the problem. I think no. the dance moms are the problem. The dance and in 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 this particular case, the dance moms weren't even the problem. It was just it was just uncomfortable. It's just awkward.
0: <laughs> and not even
1: and not even from the standpoint of I'm a guy and I really shouldn't be looking at anything. Yeah, no, that's that's not the issue. It's just uh, it was like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm the only guy there and there's makeup flying around and shoes being tied and costumes being changed and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like awkwardly staring at the floor. I don't want to look around. Checking I, sports scores. I got yeah, I got nothing. I got nobody to talk to. Right. It was just. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was an experience. It wasn't a recital. This was just a uh, a one off performance at an assembly. Okay. An so assembly. I haven't heard the word assembly. It was an assembly. Used. Wow. Remember assemblies? Sure. Get out of, like, two periods of class or whatever. Or yeah. Or, like, in elementary school, like, ate up two hours of the day. just still love him. Magnificent. I'm telling you, I still think you should go with the unbelievably effeminate Southern man, the Dave Cross. Right. <laughs> Remember Dave Cross talks about what if Jesus wasn't a feminine Southern man? Yes. Hey, y'all. That's what you should go with. I'm convinced. You should go with that. Hey, y'all here for the dance recital? It's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, that's my daughter. Go get him, Emma, all right? And, like, every time Allison tries to talk to you, like, that's my sister. <laughs> you know, the thing is, they these people wouldn't even bat an eyelash at me if I did no. that. <laughs> wouldn't, still wouldn't, wouldn't, I'm invisible. You need to talk sports tonight. I really do. I'd you love do. to. You need it. I'd love to. And there's a lot of sports to talk, I think. There is. There's going right. to be a big unload. Let's do the uh, the sponsor thing, because the show is sponsored. You know that, right? Uh, yes. I'm reminded every week. You're aware that Multiple it's Multiple times. All right. Well, then.
0: Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details.
1: Alright, so there you go. Sponsored by Blue Haven, New York City Sports Bar for Grown Ups. Go down there. It's on the corner of uh, Houston and Thompson. Great sports bar in the West Village. Uh they have all sorts of specials. This is a great time to go because March Madness is coming. You can go on the weekends, grab a beer, um, watch college basketball, watch hockey, watch basketball, the NBA playoffs are coming. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's an awesome time to go there. So do check it out and go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. They bring you episode number 129. I can't say nine without no Bob Murphy. Can't do it. That's the rule. Tall. You know what my favorite, one of my favorite Murphyisms is. Our buddy K Mac always does this one. <laughs> tall, sandy, tall, sandy-haired left-hander. I think he was talking about like, uh, or uh, when he would describe Jeff Innes. There he is. Tall, lanky, submarine right-hander. He was tall. Jeff Innes? You met yeah. Jeff Innes, didn't you? Uh. Oh, that was Kev. Kev has Jeff Innes' autograph. I did not. No, that was Kevin. Yeah. Uh, he was, but he was tall. From television, he was tall. Yeah. The mer- Can I tell you a great Met story before we get into the big unload? Please. I've been meaning to, honestly, I've been meaning to tell you this story for two weeks. So I'm at uh, Wall Bounce. Right. I'm doing some quick shopping at the Wahlbombs on a, on a Saturday morning. I'm going in there to, to get the milk and, and eggs. and The Sesame Street Basics. Sure. You know, or the, what was it, Little Rascals, container of milk, loaf of bread, uh, loaf of bread, stick of butter. Stick of butter, loaf of bread. Container of milk. Right. I'm there for the Little Rascals Basics. Were are you making, cookies? You know what? That was on cookie day. Oh, it was, wasn't it? You're absolutely right. That was on uh, sugar cookie day. Okay. We made uh sugar cookies, our first experiment with the little guy he had a party. He's a chef, Cal. I don't, yeah. He's I don't got if he's got, yeah, I don't know if he's got a fastball, but he can be mean with a whisk. <laughs> um so I go to uh Bounce real quick and I'm I'm uh trying to get through fast. I'm the worst uh grocery shopper ever. How come? I take forever. Yeah. I'm that's very that's very bad. oh I'm I'm the worst. I've been I've been grounded from the grocery shopping. Do you find that you lose yourself in thought? Yep. when you're wandering around the aisles. Yep, I do the same thing. Heavens forbid I take a phone call while I'm doing that. By the way. Oh. Because if I'm talking on the phone and trying to shop, disaster. It takes forever. I just I can't focus. I Teresa sends me with a list. It's very explicit. I've got it right on the phone. You know, shared there in the notes. On the iPhone or whatever, and it's very explicit. Very to the point. She does it by aisle. <laughs> she she like lists she knows Wallbaums well enough to list it out by aisle. It's almost like a map. Right. But I read every label like I'm just And don't ever send me there hungry. That's No, well I think that's the kiss of death for everybody. That's disaster. That's a three hundred dollar experiment <laughs> for two people and a two year old. It's a disaster. Do you ever you get like where she puts I don't know, like peanut butter on the list and now you're staring at six different brands of <laughs> peanut butter and you're like, mm, which right. one? And I have very I have very uh you know, my own thoughts on which brand I like, which I you know right. what I want to do. I'm trying to think of the organization organization as well, trying to take them into account. God forbid you come back with the wrong brand. You don't want to do that. No, that's especially if you're doing it on a Saturday morning, you're <laughs> setting the tone for the entire weekend at that point. I just Take forever. I'm terrible. So this is to be a quick uh, sortie, a quick run. I'm little, in, I'm out.
0: A little jaunt to the wall bounds.
1: The wall bounds, nice. All right? And I decide that I'm going to get uh, some uh, cold cuts. I'm just going to get some uh, some cheese. The little guy likes grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm just going to get a half a pound of Boy's Head American. That's it's all. Deli. A deli, a deli, counter. deli counter. That's right. Not the slight, not the individually packed slices. No, no, no. I'm getting cold cuts. I'm going to go up to the... Del- By the way, cold cuts, right? Yeah, what else would they be? Oh, you don't know? What else would they be? Deli meats, my friend. What? Yeah, that's Apparently, that's uh, uh, an East Coast thing. I've heard enough. <laughs> Deli meats. Did you just walk out on the podcast? I just... <laughs> drops the mic. I have seen enough to know I have seen too much. Cole Cuts. You know, for, the, for for about the first 18 years of my life, I didn't realize there was a D in there. I thought it was just Cole, one word, Cole Cuts. Absolutely. I, C-O-L-C-U-T-S. Of course. Of course. Cole Cut. I, I, I may have gone as far to think it was C-O-L-E. Coal Cuts. <laughs> because if it was a guy. Right. Like, <laughs> you know him. He's Cole Cuts. He's he's from the Boar's family. He's with the Boar's Heads. All right, so you go. He's from Lando Lakes. <laughs> yes. So I go. I stop to get some American cheese, some Boar's Head American, yellow American, of course. Right. I mean, what are we animal? Who who eats white American cheese? I need the dye cow, and I have my Met hat on mm right, I threw my med hat on I wear my I wear a med hat most weekends. That <laughs> med hat that you're wearing it's right that now that I'm wearing right now okay, so I'm at the deli counter. it's early in the morning it's it's you know we're talking nine o'clock at Walbums on Saturday morning, not very crowded at all, and the woman who is behind the counter, the deli my cold cut specialist, if you will, is a, a classic New York woman. She's rough. She's very rough, weathered, very weathered. She's generously proportioned, but she's not ethnic. No, she's not ethnic. She's not Italian. She's not. She's not ethnic. Okay, she's uh, uh, you know stocky, sort of American looking. And there's a lot of that in New York. You don't have to necessarily. She may have been, uh, I don't know, German. I don't know, but she's not Italian or Jewish or whatever. And she's wearing, of course, wearing a baseball cap as well because she's got a boar's cap, a boar's head cap on, you know, like you do because you work in the deli. Big gal, probably in her fifties, um, and she sees my hat. Yeah, can I have uh, half a pound of yellow American? Boy said yellow American. For someone with that hat, absolutely. This is what she gives me. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Did you know that they started yesterday? I said, yeah. I said, you know, the pitchers reported. And, or the pitchers, no, this this was the cookie day. The pitchers were reporting that Monday. Right this past week yeah. and she said to me two weeks from today there's going to be a game did she did she say it like on the sly like that it was like, it was like a wink and a nudge like don't tell anyone right right across the counter two weeks from today they're going to be playing again i said i know i said i'm uh i'm really excited you know and now she's now she's like looking it, – it's almost as if she's looking for the special cheese now. Oh, the cheese. Like maybe I'm getting the Boar's Head American reserved. Who knows? You know? The cold cut. Right. Like whatever, whatever – right? Whatever, whatever there is a Boar's Head American, I'm getting top shelf. Wow. Like I think she started a new – Right. Local. Like there was a little bit left on the end. <laughs> exactly. Ah. Like, Not for this one. Not Not, for this fan. Not for this guy. So she says to me She's she's now she's looking around and she really did go. She really went and started a whole new look. And she goes, She comes back, she cuts a few slices and comes back and gives me one. Yes. To taste. And she says, Here for my Met fan friend. I got a fresh sliced piece of cheese. I'm on the on, on the house. On the arm, Cal. Completely free of charge for being a Met fan. How often does that happen? It does not happen often. I, I <laughs> gotta say in Bayside it happens more than you think. Okay. But can but I, and, and you're gonna know the answer to this question. We haven't talked about this. What's the reaction you usually get when you're wearing the Met hat? Let's say it's... let's say it wasn't her. Right at the deli counter that day. Right. Let's say it was some Weisenheimer guy. You know that you can you look at and you can just tell by the way he looks, he's it's gonna a Yankee a fan. going to be a problem. Yeah. What's the reaction you get? Oh, they see the Met hat. And what do they say? It's either laughter, or I mean, we've talked about when I've had Wesley in Met garb, and every Yankee fan feels the need to say that's child abuse. But this was this was I mean this was a, a fresh piece of freshly sliced cheese, and it was like on it was like yeah, have a slice for my Met fan friend, and I said thanks. I said, I said uh, you know, there's so, I, I said something like I I boy Cal I was taken aback. I said something <laughs> to the effect of uh, you know what we got to stick together. There's never anything to be embarrassed by. This is going to be a good team soon. And she then she got loud. Then it was no longer between us. It was, I'm never embarrassed. And I will never be embarrassed to root for the Mets. Ate almost cried. It was magnificent. I said to her, I said, now we're having the conversation. She's cutting the rest of the, the American for me. I said, do you go to a lot of games? She said, of course I do. I said, well, maybe I'll see you at the ballpark. And she said, I'll be there, especially when when Harvey's pitching <laughs> Wow. That's how, we, that's how we left it. All right, Harvey. Yep. That's how we left it. You know what that, I got? What? A, what an experience. You know what I got this week? That cheese tasted so good, Cal. Oh, it's probably delicious. Oh, it was just so nice. That was what, met, that was it, Met it, cheese. That was <laughs> Met cheese. You're
0: absolutely right. <laughs> That's that's- that was
1: a Met coal cut. It was what a, what a wonder. I couldn't. I I can't believe I made it two weeks without telling you. Wow, what a wonderful experience. I didn't even. I you know sometimes that ha- that has happened in the past and it's been somebody I'll talk about the podcast or whatever. Like I I really will. You know and spread the word. We're we're having fun here. I didn't even bother. She was just uh, just such a diehard, awesome Met fan that I just had the hat on. It was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. So this I've means... named her. I've named her Dolores, by the way. D- Dolores. Okay. Yeah. After Dolores from Rigo Park. Well, that was Doris, but. Doris. That's what I meant. So she could be Dolores. No, she. No, I meant Doris. That's my bad. I meant Doris. Okay. That's what I meant Doris from Rigo Park, the famous caller to WFAN, the huge Met fan. So this is Doris. Peace. Right, this is Doris from Walbum. If we can ever get her to call into the show. She didn't have Doris's cough though. Doris had that cough and it was just she, did, she was sick. She was sick, but it was signature. See so you know what I got this week? Um I'm taking my daughter out to the bus and the bus driver pulls up. I got my I got my Islander hat on. Oh boy. The boy. I'm wearing my islander hat. The door opens, wish me out, have a good day, have fun at school. He goes trotting onto the bus. He looks out. Don't tell me you're an Islander fan. <laughs> Is the hat a giveaway? <laughs> but that's the reaction. Right. I yeah, said, no, that, that's why this was such a moving interaction for me. But he's, But this guy... Is also, you, he, he gets all decked out in giant garb throughout the football season. So when he says, Don't tell me you're an Islander fan, I said, I got one better. I'm a, a Jet, Jet fan. fan. <laughs> and he goes, I'm my own. And he just closes the door and <laughs> drives off. What is he half Spanish and half Italian? I don't know what I don't know hey motto and there's there's my daughter waving from the bus right and now. I'm like, what did I just send my daughter off with <laughs> he's gonna He's gonna try to convert her he's gonna try to do it <laughs> but but that's why hearing your story is nice is so refreshing because you very rarely hear that well you don't we don't get it as much for our teams because. Of where they are because they're quote unquote embarrassments. Like two years ago when the Jets were making runs to the AFC championship game, I saw Jet stuff. I mean, you were, it was fantastic. Oh, everywhere. Like you wore your Jet hat. I wore my Jet hat to work one day after they beat the uh, Patriots. I wore my Jet hat to work or whatever. On the train, it was like we, we were high-fiving. It was like the drink car. <laughs> it was like the bar car, you know, like we were high five and people were hugging and kissing like we like we had been friends for a hundred years. But you know what? Those moments are fleeting in our lives with, well, with our, our teams. For our teams, yeah. So it happened. You're right. It does happen. But it's like it's a flash and then it's yeah. gone. I think one of the things that's weird for me, too, is two things. One, moving to Bayside is Met Heaven. Oh, sure. I mean, Bayside, where I live in Queens, is a huge Met Area. I didn't know this when I came here, by the way, Teresa, my wife still says, yeah, sure you didn't. I (laughs) didn't. I really had no idea. It was just it's just a lovely perk of moving here. But when we were growing up at the Mets in the 80s, Cal, they owned the city. Like when we were in grade school or or even junior high school and we wore Mets stuff to school, it wasn't an embarrassment. No, hardly. They were the better team. It's like your friends who had Yankee stuff on. You were like, really? Well, but, but you know, they the well, Yankees were. have always the Yankees, of course. But they obviously, weren't an embarrassment. They, but there was no Jeter, Cal. No, we could we could wear a Gooden t shirt or a Strawberry t shirt or a Carter t shirt or a Hernandez. There was no there was no Jeter. There was no Bernie Williams. Okay, no Corfu. All okay? right, no Andy. No mo. No mo. There. All right. Okay. No, but there, there was none of these things. So, you, you, I, if I sent Wesley to school, because we're a couple of years away from that, but what if you sent one of the girls to school in a Met jersey? I mean, it's going to bring ridicule. It, well, the, the possibility is there. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, not automatically. She's not going to walk in the door and they're going to egg her. Like, you am saying, like, <laughs> but it does it, it does open it opens that possibility yes and it's worse for the jets right now i never thought i'd say that after all the mess stuff it is worse for jet paraphernalia like jet fans are like in hiding they really yeah. they really with the giants winning two super bowls in the last 5 years and the, the complete debacle that is the jets and uh and and what's happened with the circus and stuff it's worse it is so, uh, I, we're going to get to the big unload, but um, Cal, he's here. I'm getting word that he's here. What? He's, he's here? I'm getting. I, I understand that he is here. He's in the building? He's, he's not in the building. He's in a building. So, I hope so.
0: Make me feel so special every week. I can't even say.
1: I got to say, he is because... Bishop, Pop Culture PJ. We got a note for the show going to be really, really late. I would not have expected 25 minutes. I would have expected well, an hour and 25 minutes.
0: There were situations. Peej, you're a bishop. Do you, know, do you know your neighbors, guys? Do you know your neighbors? That's what I was just going to ask you. What happened out there? Uh, everybody's fine.
1: Okay. Should there were
0: ambulances. There were ambulances and and uh, Those uh be ambuli? Ambuli, and you know when there's ambuli, people congregate.
1: They do. There's nothing to see uh, here. Please please move on.
0: Exactly. People want to know. Uh and then and then there's kids of the same age, so they gravitate. And then before you know it, they're in your house.
1: Okay, so there and were ambulances. The- Ambulance eye, outside your door, with a situation with one of your neighbors.
0: And it became a coffee clutch. Uh, <laughs> As it always does. Over. They, they eat over. your food. Right. right. While everybody's standing in the circle going, man, I, I hope Mr. Wilkins is all right. He he looked great the other day. <laughs> you know, I meant to tell you that. He didn't He didn't look so good. I wonder and, if they're there for him. No, I hear so, the daughter. <laughs> I hear the daughter. came home drunk the other night.
1: Right. Ne- next thing you know, it's turned into a uh, a complete Carrington's dynasty situation where, uh, you, oh, know, there's, you know, there's this, there's this stepdaughter there. Did you know that? She came you in know, uh, from Fresno and she just started tearing up the
0: house. Well, people people talked about us for quite a long time because uh, you may remember a number of years ago when my daughter was yeah. two, three, three. Um
1: you remember one of my
0: uh, one of my Lipitor, you know the the uh the statin drug, Lipitor, mm-hmm. uh fell off the counter and she assumed it was a, a Tic Tac and so she ate it. Yeah. Oh no. So we called Not poison deep. control because we, just, we <laughs> jumped on the phone. Oh, well, it's poison control. Let's let's ask them. And uh it's protocol around here when you call poison control, they send fire, police, and ambulance. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, why not?
0: So, so the, everything descended on our house. And, of course, that makes people look out the window. And, you know, they don't want to get too close. I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to come, you know, in case I didn't know what to ask about you. And I knew you were sick and blah.
1: <laughs> and and also, uh, I, long story short, cookies. when a
0: kid takes Lipitor, it just causes gas. Oh, no.
1: So we're, is this is this our first PSA of the
0: night? Yeah.
1: The more you know, the rainbow. I'll give
0: statins to two-year-olds. The more you know, <laughs> the, they'll be farting the, all night.
1: Cue the star rainbow. Hi, I'm EJ right. from Ready to Unload with Cal and <laughs> Don't let your
0: did drugs know, fall off the counter.
1: Did you know that if you drop a Lipitor and your kid thinks it's a Tic Tac and eats it, it's okay. It just, <laughs> just means the farts. Right. You're probably better you know. off not
0: calling poison control. The right. neighbors will talk. The neighbors <laughs> are still talking. Okay, yeah, that's Six the PSA of it. That's the real public service. Don't bother with poison <laughs> right. control.
1: Right. Um, well, we're glad to hear everybody's okay, and uh, Mr. Jenkins over there is uh, doing all right. He's all uh, right. And uh, I, I'm assuming, I assumed, uh, that you, you probably had a fun load related to the Oscars.
0: Because... Uh, uh, that this weekend? That's this weekend.
1: Do you not get the inter-office RTU memos, or...
0: Listen to me. I live completely inside my head, and my head is trapped inside this house. There are major things going on here this weekend.
1: No, Wow, what's happening?
0: Oh, first of all, th- th- that's happening in the background. You don't even, you don't even have to worry about that. But we got big things all right, around sure. here. There's... Uh, there's um, an achievement test for the black belt someone's receiving their first reconciliation what what it's huge the sacraments going on this weekend i don't have time to talk about the oscars
1: sacraments
0: sacraments what
1: what are you talking about have you been drinking they're
0: all they're all catholic over here what's wow
1: how do they feel about the pope I have some good I have some good sports uh celebrity suggestions for the new Pope.
0: That's oh, that's a fun one.
1: Yeah, we can get to that later. And and for good reason. I thought these out. Wow, what's happening over there? Oh boy.
0: <laughs> do you hear the yelling? There's a lot I of I do yelling. hear
1: the yelling. Um, I, I, I did what is reconciliation? Is that a sacrament? Penance. Oh. Penance. Confirmation. Confirmation.
0: No, no confirmation. Oh, no, that's right. It's 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 um
1: It's the questioning
0: of the soul before you're allowed to receive communion.
1: It's the first, right. That's for Danny? Danny's getting
0: that? Danny gets uh, it all. I think PJ's, PJ's getting that. <laughs> <laughs> PJ gets that.
1: Forgive me, Father, for so I have sinned. How much time do you have?
0: Right.
1: It's been twenty six years. Let's go
0: alphabetical years. by region.
1: It's been twenty six years since my last confession and man, <laughs> I have been busy. Just I'd like you start
0: word. in the Adirondacks and what I did to the Anderson.
1: You're like nineteen eighty seven. when you take out the scroll. Probably you're gonna be you're gonna be really pleased. I have this all in an Excel sheet, so no problem. <laughs> I put this in an Excel chart. So um <laughs> you should never have a PowerPoint confession uh presentation.
0: Well that's a good band name.
1: PowerPoint confession?
0: Yeah, wouldn't you go see that? If
1: they're playing with Sister Shakedown.
0: They're they're opening.
1: You know who I saw last night? PowerPoint Confession.
0: They did three songs about Lipitor.
1: Did they have have a multimedia display? No. That's the irony. They are probably a really hardcore Christian rock band.
0: (laughs) They're techno Christian rock.
1: Techno Christian
0: rock. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Where you think you think that they're really like satanic until right. the message of God starts coming through, right? But they're the other and way. Like, oh now flip I get it. I right. flipped the switch on it. I love it. Um. Well, will we will we uh, talk reconciliation. You got play. he's doing the black belt and the confession thing in the same weekend. Four, the same time. Apart. Right. <laughs> Four <laughs> hours. Right. Four hours. Same he's in the Same ceremony. I think. Forgive me, Father. I need to break this board. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the same
1: ceremony, boy. That is one progressive Catholic church you have there. That's uh, yes. <laughs> forgive, forgive me, Father. I need to walk on on fire, fire you know, hot coals. Walk on we water. Have, we also have water. a candle
0: out here today, too. That'd be good. We, had, uh, we were on the national news. Uh, I saw that. You had, you had that a shut bomb down scare today with, with bomb scares, yeah,
1: Cal. Bomb scares, Cal. A free a freehold, in freehold, New Jersey. Oh boy. What
0: is happening? Oh, you know, a stupid uh, middle schooler thought it would be hilarious to leave these notes in, in bathrooms. That's really all it amounts to.
1: Great job, everybody. Yeah. Ah, well, I'm glad it wasn't Was it one of the schools with the girls, or, or with uh, Danny and Lily, or no?
0: No, they were spared.
1: Oh, okay, good. Well, they've had some day between the bomb scares and the ambulances. Around the house. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna sleep and, like, and wait, mush. one more,
0: one more detail, one more detail, and then I'll leave you alone. My wife.
1: My wife. Uh,
0: got her green Bobcat. belt
1: today. Got her green belt. Yeah. Shut up. No. So now she's beating people up.
0: Oh, she broke a board.
1: As if your wife wasn't terrifying enough. I know. Cal, you gotta understand, PJ's wife is a rocket scientist.
0: The real, the real kind.
1: Right, yes. not like the joke. Right. <laughs> rocket scientist. What are you, some sort of rocket scientist? Well, actually, I am.
0: Yeah, actually, I am.
1: <laughs> so as, as if she was, I mean, she's she's a delight, but as if she wasn't scary enough. Now she's now and my,
0: MIT passed on her because she had already learned all of that.
1: Right. <laughs> Great. not for you here. Right, There's nothing <laughs> we At got something to offer. Listen, Goodwill Hunting. All right, take it somewhere else. Okay, <laughs> we're not going to let you do that equation on the board. All right, all right, we get it. You're smarter than us. All right, move on. Right. Go pull that crap with Harvard now. Now she's going to be a uh, a taekwondo uh, belt. My goodness. Well, oh,
0: boy, she'll she'll probably be achieving her black belt when Dan gets his second degree. And that's, when oh, that's, right. Really like, with, that's right. I forgot there's <laughs> like grease
1: That's right. And
0: then they're really going to start pushing you around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy, good luck. Hey, who wants to bring in firewood? I think that's your job, Dad. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> you're you're probably right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's making dinner? Your job, Dad. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. That's, <laughs> that's probably that one's probably on me.
0: Anybody yeah. gonna clean the table?
1: I think Dad. you are, Dad.
0: Do we really have to keep discussing this?
1: <laughs> Lily, Lily's like in the corner, like filling out you know college applications at age twelve. How fast can
0: I get out of this house? Oh God!
1: Excellent. Well, good
0: luck. I'll, I'll
1: be interested to hear. I'll be interested to hear later. Uh, A about the Oscars. B you know, PG. We might have Linder on. Your boy. You know, okay. We, we, if Linder does call in, we may just turn over the show to you guys.
0: Okay, but you see, I don't know anything about the Oscars. That's why I was avoiding it. N-
1: and well, neither does he, which is just okay. magnificent.
0: That'll be a stimulating conversation.
1: It's an awards program for the best films of the year. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what the Oscars are. That's, that's when they give out Mister Oscar. <laughs> um, no, he's, he said the same thing, Linda <laughs> in his response. Yeah, oh, come on, I haven't seen any of the movies. Got two right. kids. Uh but that's neither of any of us. That's what'll be fun. We'll just make fun of the celebrities. But that's a yeah. spinoff that everybody wants to see, Peach. Everybody wants to see the Linder and PJ program. <laughs> and you know what it's called, of course. It's called Bon Vivant to Unload. <laughs> no no wait. Ready to bon vivant. <laughs> uh so I we'll talk to work about- on that. Yeah, we have the, We definitely do. But he's he is. If 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 anyone was ever ripe to have a podcast, you guys, I I'm, I'm telling you, we're doing this. Cal, we're doing this. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I co-sign. Yeah, you guys, this would be really good. Didn't they have a Bon Vivant off? They the did have a Bon Vivant off, and they were both so brilliant that it was a tie. It was a complete tie. It was like watching the Dos Equis guy. Face off against himself on a podcast. <laughs> it was it was magnificent. Not only was it a tie, it was a perfect Windsor knot. Oh, I. I How <laughs> uh, do you get like, it? Yes. Oh, I'm just. I'm hearing from Linder. You are spared, Peach. He's not going to be able to make it tonight.
0: <laughs> he will be missed.
1: He will be missed. We.
0: He I'm telling you,
1: though, so, ready to bond. And people. there goes our promotion. And they support well, the what
0: I wanted to talk to Linda about tonight was uh what what he thought about some uh, much maligned albums that I think might be uh viewed differently today, but maybe not maybe too oh, maybe to yeah well
1: what we're to, say, uh, thats
0: I mean that's an evergreen it's it's timeless it's whenever he wants to call in we'll talk an <laughs> evergreen did you just cover something
1: what, did you just invent in industry terminology?
0: Yes, why not? You just,
1: you just invented jargon, podcast yeah. jargon.
0: I'm good for that. I'm good for coming up with things that sound like someone else said them, and, and that they've been around. Cal,
1: hard. that's we, Cal. Write that down. That's what we have now. We're gonna. It's an evergreen. The PED conversation that we're gonna have with our buddy Nello. That's an evergreen.
0: I wrote that's on evergreen. We can have it any. Together. The Mets.
1: The Mets being laughable. Evergreen.
0: Yeah. Ever, that's an evergreen.
1: <laughs> the Jets being a circus. Evergreen The butt fumble Evergreen That's an Evergreen <laughs> I'll try not to say it so annoying. Can I can I can I since we've got PJ here and before he goes, I've got a pop culture question. Oh boy. And it it's in your name. I figured you would be the best person to ask.
0: In PJ's name, amen.
1: <laughs> can you explain to me and Steve, feel free to Jump in if you know the answer. Okay. What is this Harlem Shake that I keep seeing? Oh wow! There goes the show. There's Rick out away from us.
0: With with the singing and the dancing.
1: Uh, you know, I I'm, I just I see it all over the place. I don't understand what it is. Is this
0: like a flash mob? It's a phenom. Yeah. It's it's I yeah. I, I I gather it's the current phenom. Honestly, honestly, I've never seen the original. I've only seen, you know, a group of nuns in shark shoot suits doing Harlem Shake. <laughs> you know, it's... You just don't know I don't know, it I don't know from whence it spawned.
1: Steve, anything? I have seen uh, two iterations <laughs> or interpretations of it. Live? Uh, no, one was on The Daily Show. It was your moment of zen. And it was Stewart doing it with the whole – with every one of the uh, – the uh, what do you call it? The correspondents, you know, dressed up with the right. sharkskin suits doing the gospel thing. And he was doing the Harlem Shake. Okay. And I saw – I think it was David Price or maybe one of the Tampa Bay Rays doing uh, doing it while they were taking their pictures. They were doing their, like, uh, promotional pictures for this season.
0: I think think it's like the Gangnam Style of the moment.
1: Gangnam Style is not of the moment anymore? We're past that already? (laughs) What are you talking
0: about? Well, you know, it's it's looking to uh, usurp Gangnam Style, I guess. Or maybe some people would be happy if it did.
1: Is it organic or is this uh, carefully orchestrated? It feels forced to me. It's forced, okay.
0: It feels forced. It's like a Kardashian sighting. It feels forced. Okay. A. All right. <laughs> Was someone protective of Kim Kardashian?
1: No, no, of a Kardashian. Not Maybe not Kim. Uh, yeah, not All specifically right. Kim.
0: Robert. Kenny, Kenny Kardashian. <laughs> Robert
1: Kardashian. <laughs> Robert Kardashian. Look, you know how I have that series of trading cards for great attorneys. Right. <laughs> great litigators. The litigator series. And uh, he's one of the only ones I'm missing.
0: Right. M and F Lee Bailey and you're done. That's right. <laughs> it's just the OJ series.
1: Right. The Johnny <laughs> Cochran Gold Fleer one that I have is Well that comes in every pack. No, that yeah, I hope you that, you know, that, that. Took me, that took me a long time to get that one. <laughs> that's uh that's the all star Johnny Cochran one. He's holding the glove and it's <laughs> that's a rare card. Uh so yeah, you know, the the one uh no, I, I, I don't. Care for the Kardashians. I don't know anything else about this Harlem Shake. Cal, I don't know a thing. But I, just, we're gonna, I, I feel like we're going to see it a ton uh, in like baseball and stuff. Like I feel like it, that's going to be like a walk-off celebration.
0: Oh, why right. don't you uh, guys do it up at the next Blue Haven?
1: You're <laughs> definitely doing it. Well, part.
0: by that point, I'm sure it'll it'll have passed. We're going to do. It'll be we, over.
1: We were all yeah. set to do Gingham style at the next Blue Haven.
0: Gingham, really? Gingham? Gingham? What is it?
1: <laughs>
0: Honestly, no idea. The fabric, I have no, idea what, I have no <laughs> idea what
1: that is. It's not gingham. Are you sure? It's not the pattern. It's burlap. Uh, I watch Project Runway. <laughs> it's not. It's not the pattern. Are we sure?
0: You're making me laugh. Um,
1: oh. Pidge, we'll, we'll talk to you in a bit. So no, Linder. So just prep the uh, the RTU Fun Load Oscars edition.
0: But but I didn't. <laughs> But I, I hate but,
1: you. Yeah, but... That's how you receive your assignments now. He just tells you what it that's is. Right.
0: That's right. I guess so.
1: Yeah, go, go do that. <laughs> I, I've now turned into your wife and your son. Yeah, go, go, go get on that. talk sports with
0: your beers, will you please? What's that? Go talk your sports with your beer.
1: Yeah, how do you know I'm drinking a beer? I'm not drinking a beer. If the Car. Love Boat uh, had the Oscars on board, that's what we want to know.
0: How how would it go?
1: Oh, I see what we're doing here. I've been told that I'm obsessed with the Love Boat. Well, well, well.
0: If I you could I'm... put six Oscar nominees on the Love Boat with Mark Marin as the captain,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Piazza as <laughs> Mike Piazza as the the ship's uh, bartender, past, present, or future. <laughs> That's not that's not bad. Your all-time love boat cast. You could do a modern one or a classic. What's wrong with that?
0: What do you mean a modern one?
1: Give me. So you're picking six people. You could have six modern-day celebrities you'd love to see on one love boat episode together.
0: Because the But wait, But is it the love boat crew? No, then it's still
1: the kind crew, of no, the crew. No, we could recast the crew. That's a whole other podcast.
0: All right, that's the fun love. We're coming back to that.
1: Somebody <laughs> I'm, likes the love boat. <laughs> I'm talking about. I don't like the love boat. I like the idea of the love boat.
0: <laughs> well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. What do you mean?
1: The idea of the show, a variety show. They don't do that anymore. There's a whole bunch of celebrities and they're thrown on a ship and they have to act badly. It's magnificent.
0: Oh, I thought you liked the idea of, like, a cruise line where you would go and fall in love.
1: Yeah, that's what it was.
0: I kind of wish there was a love boat and a <laughs> fantasy island.
1: <laughs> well, look, who wouldn't sign for a fantasy island? I mean, who wouldn't sign for that to be a reality? Come on.
0: People died on fantasy island. I don't what this <laughs> that don't show dark. scared me. It was very
1: dark. There were a number of dark episodes of fantasy <laughs> you island. You know what I
0: wish there Talked was? About. A Charlie's Angel.
1: You see, though. They did a modern Charlie's Angels, though. No, oh, he, I think he he wishes that there was a detective agency. I see,
0: my bet. The one I could call.
1: <laughs> right, like like there was controversy on the block today. He would call Charlie's Angels to come down to figure out what was going on. Yeah, but he so lives in Freehold, out. New Jersey. They would be like, the, they would be like, "What's your problem? <laughs> 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 and why are you calling us?" But your problem How long is this going to
0: take That's Costco's Angels
1: (laughs) New Jersey's Charlie's Angels Listen I'm getting a manicure How long is this going to be They work for me My name is Costco (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you in a bit Bish Okay You the man 45 minutes. A record 45 minutes into the show.
0: <laughs> we are now ready for
1: the big unload. Now, finally, Whew. brought to you by our buddy Mark Finney's film. Fat. F A T. Fat the film. Uh, it is going to be released soon. Go to Facebook and search Fat Movie uh, and go like the page. He's also on Twitter um, and check it out. Mark Finney's movie is coming out. It's a really um, interesting film. It's a look at uh, an obese man and how he deals with his weight problems. and uh, It just looks really, really good. It's a nice little indie from a, a buddy of ours who's a hardworking actor and a very funny comedian, Cal, I might add. So, the big Unload is brought to you by fat, which makes sense uh, so i I wanted to raise a series of questions with you um and and just sort of hit them all at once. That's what I wanted the big unload to be tonight, and that's what it's going to be um so i'll start i want to start with Revis, and I want to start with uh, where the jets are and what's happening with. Darrell Revis, as we, we get ready, you know, the NFL Combine is this weekend. Bri, uh, John Itzik has had about seven, eight weeks. You know, Darrell Revis was on uh, the NFL Network the other night uh, saying that, or maybe it was ESPN, saying that he hasn't been talked to. He feels like he's disrespected, blah, 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 blah. I want to break it down this way. The Jets are obviously going to be in a difficult position here. They need to rebuild. They need to... Uh, I really, honestly, accurately assess um, this team. I think they have the right guy to do it. I think the general manager is, uh, from everything I've read and heard, a no-guff kind of guy, very calm, very level-headed, and is taking a genuine look at the franchise, okay? There are two options with Darrell Reeves Bry. Are there not? They're, they're between a rock and a hard place here. They, it, He can't hold out, right? Because if he holds out, uh, he gets an extra two years extended onto his contract. So he's not going to do that. Um, It's not in his best interest to do that. They either let him play this contract and extend him sometime during the season, which is possible, to see how he recovers from his knee surgery. Or they trade him before the season starts and get what they can for him because he's in a walk year and you don't want to let him walk for nothing. And they have a ton of holes to 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 fill, and maybe they can do that via the draft and maybe they can uh you know maybe they can stockpile some draft picks and start to make this reclamation project this rebuilding project go quicker go more quickly. What do you do? I'll be Dennis Hopper and speed hot shot trade Durell rivas or no i you know.
0: I hate this. I
1: hate. I hate. I hate the question because the answer, generally, whenever you ask, "Do you trade this guy or do you trade that guy?" is it depends on the deal. Uh, absolutely. But Always. That, but but right with us, it's a foregone conclusion. Of course, it depends on the deal. All right. So so what do you think? This suggesting? particular instance, like we could say we could say with Ra Dickey when they were looking investigating a trade for him. We could say, yeah, it depends on the deal, but you could see trading him. I could see trading Revis. Okay. Is there a certain amount you have to get back? Do you think that's the prudent thing to do? They're in a difficult position, Bri. I don't think you trade him for the sake of trading him, just to get something back. Are you going to pay him $60 million a year? No. Okay. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player in football ever. Right? He wants to be paid more than Mario Williams. He wants to be paid like a quarterback. No. Okay. So you're not doing that. So you have to trade him. No? If you're if you are not going to pay him what he wants, then you have to trade him because he will leave and get what he wants somewhere else. And you will get nothing for him. You have to think that there's a market for him. Um, you have to think that a team like, say, San Francisco, for example, who is maybe a, is in their window of contention and is maybe a player away on that defense, uh, who could afford to give up the draft picks, afford to give up what they need to do. There are teams that could do it and maybe have the right. salary cap room to do it. Maybe a team like Denver that lost because of their secondary right. last year. I don't know if Denver has the, the cap room. We can speculate on the places to go, but there are places to go. That's my point. Right. I think they would find willing trade partners. All right. So the other part of this is that as recently as last year, nobody in their right mind would ever even conceive of thinking of trading Darrell Rivas. And where have we gone in the last year to get to the point where now we're, we're speculating what is a good offer for him? Well, you have a 6-10 and 10 team who's clearly on the downside. You have a team with a ton of holes. You have a fired general manager who botched his contract in the first place. Um, you have a player who has held out twice already and, is, and, and, and has blown out his ACL. I mean, that's a huge part of this equation because it looked like the Jets like gained leverage when he blew out his ACL. They didn't. All it meant was they can't get equal value Equal trade value than they might have, or you know, or, or the same trade value they might have had. He been able to play out the season. So, I think, and 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 you know, the other part of this equation is they have another corner there, who might also be tradable. Well, he he, is he a free agent, Cromartie? No, no, he's locked up for like another two years. Okay, they just signed him when they went after Namdi, Remember? Right, that's right. So they went after Namdi. They didn't get Namdi, so they signed Cromartie. He was like the uh, the consolation prize. Okay, but the two of them together are magnificent, but you, you can't have $30 million or what, it would be $23 million locked up in your cornerbacks. Team has too many holes. Personally, this kills me to say, I trade him if I get a deal that brings me at least – Two impact draft picks this year. So a deal I'm looking at Cal so you got, is you got like first round. N- no, that's a no. That's a, that's a, absolutely that's a no. That's where it starts. That's exactly. Like to me, it's San Francisco for their first and third. You would do that this year. Yeah. Yeah. Although I hate their third because it's at the end of the third round. Right. But still, I'm stuck I need to stockpile picks in the first three rounds because this, this draft is not top heavy, but it is depth heavy. Right. It's deep in a lot of positions. There's not the Andrew Locke or the RG Threes. Obviously we're gonna talk a ton about the draft. I can't wait. But if I'm the Jets, I need to stockpile picks. They have seven. I want I want ten. And I won four in the first three rounds. That I could do. The other part. You, 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 well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the other part of this is. Durrell, Revis was always untouchable in Jet fans' eyes, and now he's kind of creating a little bit of. I don't know how, how you would put it. Uh, well, I'll 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 say it from my from my perspective. Revis has been my favorite player. Since he's been on the team, yep. I have a Revis jersey. Yep, you've been there early. I I, I love Dorial Revis. I'm growing tired of his rhetoric. He, I'm growing I'm growing yeah. tired of his sensitivity. He seems to be, or he seems to more and more just be concerned about where he makes the money. And the thing, and I told like you, it, guys, or, or I should say, it doesn't matter where he makes the money as long as he makes the money. That's the important thing to him. Yeah. I said this earlier in the week, like, I didn't think he was like that. And that was one of the reasons why I kind of gravitated towards him, because I really thought he might have been the rare superstar that kind of distanced himself from that. The holdouts withstanding, notwithstanding, (laughs) I I really thought that maybe he was different. And I just feel like over the last couple of years, he's proving more and more to be just like the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it a little easier for me to okay a trade, you know I'm like I'm the owner, so to well I, the owner I, apparently wants to trade him, yeah, but do we know that the the coach and the general manager came out today at the combine and said that that's not our intention uh you know Rex ryan, i mean uh, John Itzik spoke today from the combine uh, for one, you know one of the first times as g m of the jets, and was great gave no answers uh was complete and so was Rex to be honest with you I mean they were trying so desperately to you know to to trump up what he was saying into some sort of controversy and you know one of the one of the things that uh, they they sort of harped on was well he said that they're not going to trade Darrell Rivas, but they could well yeah why wouldn't he well, I mean why wouldn't he say that cuz what if they do trade Darrell Revis? What if they they get blown away with an offer and they decide to trade him? Then he's going to be on record as saying there's no way we're trading him. Like, I don't understand why certain coaches and or management in this town get blamed for covering their ass. I, I don't understand why there's a double standard for, for a certain... For certain, you know, uh, front office people and or management, you know, and or coaches in this uh, or managers in this town, he said, I, I, "Look, we haven't had conversations about trading Dural Rivas. I don't think we will trade Dural Rivas, but I can't rule out anything." What's wrong with that? What do you expect him to say? Especially with this team, the way the <laughs> exactly. current is, nothing should be off the table. Nothing should be off the table, exactly. It's there's, fine if that's what he wants to say. There's too much work to be... I, I, again, I, you know, this is not me trying to sugarcoat Rex Ryan's statements today. First of all, the press conference wasn't covered by Jets.com, which was nice. Nice change of pace. Good job. You don't need to stream live every time Rex Ryan speaks. You don't. In fact, I'd prefer you didn't. The Giants don't do that. There's no need. Well, during the season... No, I like the press conferences during the season. Don't get me wrong. I watch every one of them. I'm talking about in the combine in February. I don't need to have that press conference streamed. No, that's I'm just good. I'm good. Exactly. That's all it is. So, you know, and, and this is not me sugarcoating it, I didn't have a problem with anything he said today. He seemed toned out. He said that Mark Sanchez absolutely does not have the starting job. His quote was, there's going to be an open competition at that position. Well, Rex, are you ready to give the job? Are you ready to Tim Tebow? There were 13 Tebow questions. Are you ready to, I think uh, there's going to be competition at every position and there's going to be competition at that position. That's what he said, period. Are you not ready to name Mark the starter? There's going to be competition at that position. He said it like four times. Uh, good. That's the second most important decision of the offseason for the Jets, as far as I'm concerned. Who is that competition? And how does Mark Sanchez respond to hopefully for the first time in his career having genuine competition for his job? Anywhere. Anywhere. College or pro. That's right. It. So anyway, on so so Rebus, and then I have another uh another question. Okay. Go ahead. Do you your gut feeling right now, today, february twenty first? Do they trade him? I know it depends on the deal, but let's say it's the it's a good deal. Do you think they hesitate to pull the trigger, or do you think that's the mode that they go into? I think they would trade him. you think they would yeah i I think so that's what i that's what that's what I'm curious about <laughs>
0: Cal-stradamus.
1: I think they would too, Bry. and I think the amazing thing about that is exactly what you said. Even as as recently as last year, there's no chance that we would have traded. And now it's thinkable. And then of course this like little Twitter war that he had with Richard Sherman is just awesome. That was funny. Oh, it's great. But you know what? He he kind of gained he, back some of the people that he lost yep. with his statements earlier in the week. Yep. And he backed off. Not backed off it, but he just said today in response to it, because Richard Sherman went on like NFL AM and ESPN, like dude, shut up. Enough. Go look at two thousand and nine, please, please, please. Yeah, it's 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 very easy to talk like that when the guy was out for the whole season. And exactly. Like and now, I, this is when he's going to choose to. Right. And I've said this to get your picks up. I've said this to you before, Brian, and I'll say it again. I, you know, I had season tickets for a long time. I've been to a lot of football games. And in 2009, 2010, I went to every home game, all eight. And I have never seen a defensive player. I never got to see Altinas Prime or anything like that. I have never seen a defensive player play at that level and have that much of an impact on a game week to week. Where when I was at the game, Cal... I was watching a cornerback on every defensive play. Now You you go to a game and you watch, you would watch LT or back in the day you'd watch Gassano. You you always watch the pass rushing guys or, you know, the, the big time linebacker or something like that. I was watching a corner every play, whether the ball was thrown at him, which it seldom was, or not. And you were able to appreciate how good by like the fourth home game, you were like, This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Like these guys are not and and he went against Randy Moss twice. I mean, we could go through the list. Those caliber receivers, you know, and they are just not open every play. It was it was astounding. So and now they're going to he- trade him. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Great job, Jeff. This is where <laughs> we've come. We were 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl twice,
0: and
1: now they're trading Darrell Rivas. They're maybe one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Good job. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so Richard Sherman, and when you have a 2009 like that and you're not facing Ryan Lindley,
0: or whatever his name
1: is, the Cardinals <laughs> twice. Oh, God. Instead of Tom Brady, give me a shout. Okay? Give me a shout. Um, all right. Big unload. Question number two. Robbie Cano, don't you know, Cal? The Yankees are supposed to be getting under the payroll uh, or the luxury tax threshold $189 million next year. That's right. Robinson Cano, 30 years old, free agent, one of the best. Uh, He's a top 10 player in the game, wouldn't you say? Debatable. But he's he's up there. He's the best second baseman in the game. He's the best second baseman in the game by far. And, And that's a position of scarcity. We said from about September, you and I have been talking about why he was not being treated the same way as David Wright. That it was vital that the Yankees had to sign him coming into a contract uh, contract year and extend him. Why, why is this? Why now all of a sudden are people suddenly waking up that Robinson Cano's in a contract year, and he's going to need an extension? And why was it not a some sort of a, a statement and indictment of the Yankees that they didn't sign him to a to an eight-year extension for 160 million dollars? How is that not an indictment of their finances? It's weird. It was very quiet on the Cano front this winter. Very quiet. Like, why Why? Why not the rush to lock him up? You know he's going to command a mega deal in free agency next year. Why not try to get it a little bit cheaper? And, Brian, who's his agent? Uh, I guess Scott Boris. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Who you know always gives a hometown discount. Right, yeah, he's... He's proven time and again. Yeah, he's he is. Definitely... He's going to play fair. You're going to <laughs> get a good deal. You're going to get a good deal. you walk away from negotiations feeling good about yourself. Yep. I I picture walking <laughs> away from a Scott Boris negotiation right. as like a GM feeling like like a, man, I need a shower. Like, how did I wind up with this car? I feel violated. Why am I in a Fiat? the hell happened <laughs> how many gms have walked out of negotiations with him like what just what just happened in there right did i just give somebody 10 years and 190 million dollars what just happened please <laughs> tell me i told him no when he asked for six years and 48 million dollars yeah. <laughs> why is this pig with me how did how did this happen how did this happen man that yeah. guy, that guy's good He's very good. I guarantee you, GMs do not feel good about themselves when they leave a negotiation with him. No. Nah. So nothing said until like I mean, there was an article here or there. Sherman had an article. Yeah, saying. you gotta lock him up. But this was like a a statement on the Mets, David Wright. And there's such there. Obviously, Robinson Cano is a better offensive player, or has had put, has put up better numbers. you know a, they're but they're very comparable, Bri. They're, very, they're much more similar than you might think. They're, they're both 30 years old. They're both going to be looking at the downside of their careers at the end of a long-term contract. They both play a position of scarcity because how many third basemen are there around the league right now? So you want, And they're both homegrown. You want to lock them up long-term. They're both huge keys to their team. Yet one team, because they're on austerity, it's, it's uh, some sort of statement. About the state of the team, and if the Yankees let Robinson Cano walk, what? That's fine. That's okay. I don't think I don't think Yankee fans would be okay with that. I I would hope not. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think it's fine if they let him walk. Would you give Robinson Cano the same deal that David Wright got? I, yeah, of course, right? Of course, I would. But he's not going to want that. I mean, he's, he's gonna gonna want, want more. Like, He's going to want like 8 years and 160 million. Well, that's what they gave uh, Mark Teixeira. Right. And Cano is arguably a better player than Teixeira. He's arguably better, plays a more premium position, homegrown. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, they're going to have to give him $20 million a year at least for 8 years at least. 6 to 8 years, you would think. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big contract yeah i don't i don't I don't know why they didn't broach that now and and how is that not going to be a distraction all year by the way, I don't think it will actually uh, they he's they're what they're just gonna not ask him about his contract for the whole yeah, year, yeah, they'll ask him, but i you so know they things, only they only do that for the Mets and the jets. things work a little bit differently over there, oh, I see, so I think that uh i, I honestly i think. A guy like Cano is going to be super motivated and is going to put up a monster year. Because we were t- yeah, by the way, fantasy wise, oof, I would get him early. Yeah, that's the um, fantasy tip of the day. Get Cano. Get Cano. Good one. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Don't tell. Don't tell anyone that one. Welcome, welcome to Obvious Land, <laughs> Land of the Obvious. Um, no, but Brian, we were told that if the Mets didn't sign David Wright, it would be a uh, you know, a distraction all season long. And they'd have to trade him by June or, you know, before the July deadline because you can't do this to David Ryan. And you have to get this extension done. And, you know, otherwise he's going to be a free agent. And who would ever co- what It's not going to be a distraction for Robinson Cano, I guess? No? He's good? I think it will. Be. I really, I don't think it's going to be a huge distraction for him. But why was it one way and not the other? Why shouldn't the Yankees, if they're five or six games over 500 in June or July 1, which, by the way, is entirely possible, um, and why should they not think about trading Robinson Cano and getting prospects for him? Because that's not how the Yankees do business. You know that. But that's how they want to do business. That's what Hal wants to do. He wants to trade Robinson Cano? He doesn't want to be at $200 million anymore. And he doesn't want... Look, Cal, he's going to be paying A-Rod for the next five years. And not chump change. He's going to be paying A-Rod $25 million a year for the next four or five years. You think he wants Robinson Cano? To to be paying Robinson Cano when he's thirty six years old, paying him twenty million dollars a year. When Probably does it more. when does it end for the Yankees? When does it end? Well, you think that you think they're going to take their stand with Robinson Cano? I think they should. You think they're going to? I think they should. I think that's the you player think to take. You they're going? I don't to. think so. Okay. <laughs> but if there was a player and I was if I was the Yankees, and there was a player I was going to take that stand with. It's Cano. And I'll tell you why. I don't I I you know how I feel about Robinson Cano. It's on the books. He's a wonderful pure hitter. He's he's lazy about the game. He still is lazy about the game. Now he cares way more about winning than he is perceived to. But he's lazy about the game still. And I don't I concern myself with what he is physically at 35. I don't want to. I, I don't know that he's not going to break down like A Rod is. Uh, I, I think he's a lot more A Rod and a lot less Jeter. I, that's my honest take. Wow. And that's not necessarily a ped thing. That's just from a work ethic standpoint. From a work work ethic standpoint, and from a, you know, he developed a little later. You know, I I don't. I, I, that's just the way I see it. I'm sorry. Look, there's not a lot of Derek Jeter's to go around. And, well, another magnificently obvious statement. But if you're going to pay that money for a guy late into his career, he better be more Jeter than he is A-Rod. You know, so, me, that's where I do take the stand. Plus, you can get a ton for him. The Yankees need youth. They're 114 years old. I mean, you could really, really add to the killer bees. you know, if you wanted to. By the way, are either of those guys in training camp? I'm not being a wise-ass either. I'm no, being I, serious. I, I, I don't think so. I think they might still be hurt. I mean, what? seriously, what happened? We got to get a Yankee person on. We have to. Because where are Ben Wallace and Batanzas? Where are they? Like, where are they? They're hanging out with Paul Schiffer and Wilson. I was right just going to say, how is this not Generation B? I mean... They're all in the same place right now. Where are they? I don't know. And their number four starter is out with back spasms already. Right. for two. spring training. Right. Well, you know, by the way, we can we can throw Phil Hughes into uh, this equation with Jabba and Benuelos and Batances and the four guys that were supposed to be uh, holding up the Yankee rotation for the next 10 years. Hey, where are they? Who was the third guy? It, what, it was Jabba, Hughes, and... Kennedy. Kennedy. And they traded him, and he went on to win 22 games with the right. Diamondbacks. Kennedy's been okay. He's the only guy who's, who... who uh, for, I mean, Hughes just had some decent years, but, but he's, they got, never you know, been, he's never been the ace he was supposed to be. And they got Granderson in the Kennedy trade, so that's you can't kill him for that. Sure I can. Look, if I have to hear about Generation K every day... Every day. As uh, you do. Every day. Heard about it again today. Every day. Some Met tweeter, no less. Of course. But... but found an article on Bill Pulsifer from 1996 about how his arm was shot then. Found an article. So, you don't think that this Met tweeter was looking to stir something up by looking for a 17-year-old article on Bill Pulsifer. He dug up an article on Bill Pulsifer and how his arm was shot from overuse.
0: Mm, good. Gets better?
1: Two, go with the Wheeler article from him throwing in training camp yesterday, in spring training. Look at that's right. Let that sink in. Look, see, uh, we've heard this all before. Here it comes. Yep. There, 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 Well, that's enough for Robinson Cano. Let's move on to my next or no question mark. More no, Justin <laughs> Morneau. <laughs> <Or>
0: no? <Aye>. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have to do that. I, you know, I started listening to the. Have you listened to the Kuiper Mayock? I mean, uh, McShay uh, podcast. I I don't think I could handle it at this stage of the off season. Oh, it's it's. I can't. There, I, there are only two episodes. No, they they just do. It's just a draft preview every week leading up to the draft. Okay. And they tackle. They haven't gotten into the positional stuff yet. So, like every week, they'll tackle a position, and then they'll. Do like one through five, six through ten, like and they'll and they'll do the draft. We're leading right up to the draft. And Cal, when I tell you they mention the first two weeks, they have mentioned two hundred and seventy five players. <laughs> like all Kuiper does is just and then you got Justin Verlander out of it. you know, you you got Anthony McShaman out of a University of Kentucky six foot seven outside linebacker. He just he might run a quick forty, and then you got he literally just does nothing but drop names. And he knows them all. Knows them all. Like, knows them intimately. Well, when, when <laughs> you, like, it's a little uncomfortable. Like, why do you know how tall and what the weight is of a D3, you know, McNair, <laughs> McNeese State uh, outside linebacker? I watch a lot of tape on him. Like, what do you do? Well, that's, and that's the point. What's his job? He's a draft expert. That is his job. The draft comes around but once a year. And that's all he does all year. 11 months and 28 days are spent just through. Well, the draft is what? Four days now? Four days. 361 days of his year is spent researching the backup safety at McNulty State. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and what the guy eats for breakfast. And spending time with him. That's, <laughs> yeah, and like, home. that's the one he keeps dropping. Right. Got to spend a little time with him. Like, what are you doing on the USC campus hanging out with a left tackle? In like, you know, in like August. And does this guy know you're doing it? <laughs> or do you just sit like, down next to him in the cafeteria? <laughs> you're at the student union. Yeah,
0: like, I, taking I,
1: notes. Right, like, dude, like, why is Mel Kuyper sitting next to you? Like, when he says he spent time with him, he was stalking him. Right, that's right, that's right. And yet, I'm I eat it up. Well, but but McShay is completely exasperated by every question that Kuiper <laughs> asks. It's as if you are asking him to solve the most complicated arithmetic problem, like one of those Goodwill Hunting problems. <laughs> or a beautiful mind. Like ask me, okay, just ask me about you be Kuiper and ask me about a right, beautiful mind, right? Ask me about uh what I think of the offensive line depth. All right, so what do you think uh we're talking about the offensive line depth in this year's draft. What do you think about the uh who who's on your board? Who do you think is going to be good this year? <sighs> I
0: uh
1: um you know, that's just the thing, Mel. You know, we go round and round. I just watched 37 hours of tape on uh, on DJ Fluker, uh, the, the uh, tackle. And I, I mean, I just, I can't, it's going to be hard to predict where he could go. A lot of teams don't think he's a first round pick. He is. I'll tell tell you what, let's let's move on We'll get back to that, how about the fullbacks Todd, what do you think the fullbacks are going to look like This year
0: Uh, You know
1: It's tough I've been talking about the fullbacks We've talked about The fullbacks A lot I I get a ton of email Oh All right, and I get the the fullbacks, that's a tough one, too. But, you know, there's a lot of kickers in the draft, a lot of guys with strong legs. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's like. I, I, that is just a slight exaggeration of how Todd McShay, like how just floored with complete like flop sweat immediately on every question. That I would, be, I would be, the, the world, the, the stakes. It's like the Middle East and Israeli and like. Hamas is somewhere at the table. Like these are the negotiations that he's having. Like I imagine him looking like Lloyd Bridges from Airplane,
0: (laughs) (laughs) with the shirt undone and the tie askew, (laughs) and he's sweating. And
1: they absolutely need the. I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. That's great. Little cart, like right before it. Like it's like McShay, you're talking about EJ Manuel. Just calm down. It's gonna be okay. You know, it's real but and yet Cal, love it. Eat it up. I'll have to check it out. i will listen to it like it's it's draft porn. It's magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely devouring it. I know way too much about the uh the right guard from from uh you know Boise State. Please. These guys the amazing thing too about the draft, like where it's gotten now. Like with the combine, even with the combine this weekend, like televised and like, I think it was Schefter tweeted something amazing. Where the draft has gone, like 15 years ago, there were like, I'll stop saying like, but 15 years ago, there were maybe 10 to 15 credentialed reporters at the NFL combine. Today, there were 800. 800 what? credentialed reporters. What's amazing, I mean... Baseball was the first sport to kind of, you know, everything had been seasonal up until baseball. And baseball became the first sport to kind of become a year-round sport. And, and it's talked about all winter. And now football is, is exactly the same. Football is a 12-month sport now. Yep. That's true. That really is true. Like football, quote-unquote hot stove, is now is it exists and is in maybe almost as big as baseball. Yeah. And you want to say it's bigger because their draft, the NFL draft might be the second biggest NFL event of the year. Right. And the NFL, like, like major league baseball drafts in season and it's kind of an afterthought. Nice. The NFL, they have their draft when there's nothing else going on and, and all eyes are on the league in April. Freaking prime time. On a Thursday night, they changed it I to take advantage of it being important. They made it a made-for-TV event. Yeah, yeah. they you can you can make the argument that their hot stove, quote unquote, their off-season is bigger than baseball now, because their draft, their out-of-season draft, is the second biggest day of the year, behind the Super Bowl. I mean, it really is. It's bigger than Opening Day. I don't know about that. Oh, I think it is. Opening night, I think it's bigger than opening night in the NFL. I, don't I know. absolutely do. They have a red carpet at the draft. Yeah. At opening night, now they parade them down Cal- Broadway. There's an entire ESPN is built on the NFL draft. Part of the reason that ESPN is the giant that it is is the NFL draft. Has Bon Jovi ever played the NFL draft? A great point. Why do you got to use the Bon Jovi stopper there? I know I I, I, I think, go to that way too frequently. Why do you got to pull the John Bon Jovi card there? That's not right. John Bon, John Bon, bon. I should have I should have waited. It's my life. Right. Those songs never get good. They only get good when they're set to montages of football players. <laughs> <That's>
0: right.
1: <laughs> right. That should be a new. Uh, Grammy category music for montage. <laughs> and now the nominees for best music for a montage feature film. The <laughs> nominees are Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Thunderstruck
0: by ACDC <laughs> And then like, sure.
1: <laughs> Right. I like how you, I like how you walking on sunshine, Katrina and the Waves. <laughs> I like I like how you came as the uh the co presenter there. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderstruck thunder by A C D C and the round of applause. And, and then, then they, they show they, and they show it in like uh, little giants. And then they show A C D C in the audience and Tucker. <laughs> right.
0: Right. <laughs> Their fingers crossed. Bad reputation, Joan Jet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the nominees are.
0: Uh
1: yeah, that's, uh, that's music for a montage fi- film division, right, film category. There's got to be a TV one as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, And then the film one, Iris <laughs> by the Goo Goo Doll. In a world. <laughs> and I
0: dome up.
1: You know what he doesn't want the world to know? That they were once a punk rock band and that he got tired of starving. No? And, and living in his mother's basement. So he sold out. He you? sold out. Good for him. They were good back then, too. He's handsome. Still. He's a handsome cat. Got a little Todd Hundley going on. Yeah. <laughs> a little Todd Hundley going on. You get them. That's not a great thing. No. No one... I don't even think Todd Hundley should have a little Todd Hundley going on anymore. Oh, well, you know, I wonder where Todd Hundley is these days. <laughs> Probably drinking. We're we're due for like an like an E sixty on Todd Hundley. <laughs> Either but that, or we're due for a blotter report on we, Todd Hundley. Whatever happened to him? He never he never comes back to these Met events. Nope. It's almost as if they want to erase the PED legend that is Todd Hundley. Could be. And his forty. It, it's almost like he never hit forty home runs as a catcher. And had runs. the and had Except the. the A single season record for a catcher for home runs. That Piazza tied, never broke. That's right. Um, Yeah, where is Todd Huntley? I wonder. I don't know, but we could certainly put together a montage of some of his greatest moments with perhaps, oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A little white lion. Katrina and the waves. Katrina and the waves. In three (laughs) movies in the 80s. Can you name those three movies? that the song was in that used in a montage sequence in 3 80s movies got to be more than 3 it's but three prominent big no is it in big i don't it could be i don't know it's not in big um come on now you're better than this i know i can see it too in the 80s or the 90s i believe they're all 80s PJ, feel free to help out. Yeah, PJ should jump. PJ knows the answer to this. Yeah, he has to know the answer. That's why he's being quiet. Three movies. Come on. There's a couple of obvious – the the third one is is sort of tricky. Two of them, you're going to be like, oh, of course. It's in the movie or it's in the trailer? Used in the movie. In a montage sequence. Ferris Bueller? PJ, seriously, jump in here because Cal's head is about to explode. I don't Why am I having a hard time with this? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. One of them is a Michael J. Fox movie.
0: The cool. internet lists 36 films that have Walking on Sunshine in it.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it, but I'm looking for three big ones in the 80s. Does Do any of them involve a monkey? <laughs> Strangely, all of them involve a monkey they do don't they come on Michael J. Fox 80's movie not Back to the Future nope not Team Wolf nope uh oh oh the one with the money <laughs> yes what uh come on Bright Lights Big City no, no. that that so movie's dark it's a little darker the other one you know right where he's yes What's it called? Opportunity Helen, Knox? Helen Slater? Yeah. Secret
0: of My Success?
1: Secret of My that. Success. That's right. That's one. Okay. The I other one? Talking.
0: Luke Who's Talking.
1: That's right. I thought you said Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins Day?
0: Sadie Hawkins.
1: <laughs> that's the... Uh, Hawkins. That's the, the Zemeckis film that was never released. Sadie, Sadie Hawkins, Hawkins
0: Day. Day? Yeah. That's like, um <laughs> There's like all those movies that
1: they, those romantic comedies that they do, like Valentine's Day and
0: right. New Year's <laughs> <laughs> Eve. There
1: was the so one for Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins Day, Arbor Day.
0: Hawkins Day. <laughs> Will Anne Hathaway finally get the guts to ask out Christian Bale?
1: Bell... I'm walking
0: on sunshine
1: and plant a tree. Arbor Day, <laughs> this 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 spring from Universal Pictures. Um, and then the third one is difficult.
0: Why? Third, it's a th- th- drama. Because
1: you know, it's it's you just don't think of it.
0: Weekend at Bernie's.
1: No, but it's probably in there.
0: Yeah. It is, well, he's probably
1: reading from the thirty-six that it does. Are have. you reading from the thirty-six? <laughs> I uh, it's uh, it's about last night. What about last night? No, no.
0: The movie's dirty.
1: The movie about last night. Uh, th- that song was in that movie. Yes based on the play Sexual Perversity in Chicago by David Mamet.
0: Ah, a good
1: movie. Somebody's a theater geek. That was a good movie. Yes, very good movie. But Walking on Sunshine is in there. So I I think, actually, I think Walking on Sunshine would get a Lifetime Achievement Award in the Grammy Grammy category of uh, music for montage. Let's bring up Katrina and the Waves. (laughs) Lifetime Achievement Award. That's the Lifetime Achievement Award for uh, montage music. Uh, Paige, it's it's 11. We have one more sports thing to talk about. And then are you ready for the Grammy thing? <laughs> the Grammy? I mean, uh, the Oscar You're thing. I'll be right. You're really throwing him off. I, I, You know what? I'm obsessed with the Grammys, which I hate.
0: I have no Oscar piece. I'm not sure why you keep saying <laughs> Because you,
1: how do you not love the
0: Oscars? I could sooner give you a recipe that involves onions than I could a piece on the Oscars.
1: We'll take that, like
0: an Oscar snack
1: involving onions.
0: Ooh, the Oscar blooming onion.
1: Like for your for your Oscar parties. Well, let's sure. do that.
0: <laughs> why Why are we not doing the Oscar menu?
1: We talked about the Super Bowl tailgating menu. Let's do the Oscar one. Would that be I a, tried to uh, talk about okay.
0: Super Bowl traditions and you made fun of me.
1: Would that be a Russell Crowe bloomin' Oscar onion?
0: <laughs> oh, because it's
1: Australian. Yeah. No? How good? Uh, last sports thing, Cal. Um, the Mets outfield. The worst in the history... There was a Grantland article you sent to me. Um, it really was uh, the worst kind of tripe, trolling, crap sort of internet. This is when Grantland annoys me. Like, there's a ton of stuff on Grantland that's great. And and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Mets fan. It just, it tried, this article about the Mets outfield being the worst unit in professional sports and maybe in the history of the game. In I the get, history of people. Right, and I get the overstatement, and I get it's, ha, 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 it's funny, they suck, blah, 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 blah. The problem with the article to me was what it's what it first of all, it used like lame, ridiculous, stupid references. Which is, you just, if you want to be Bill Simmons because you work for him, then just do it, you know, or at least have solid references. But the other part of the problem was it, it presupposed the two things that are driving me crazy right now one is, um, you can't rebuild in New York. That because they're the New York Mets and they're in the New York market, they should never have an outfield like this. It's ridiculous. Why? It, it, it completely ignores the fact that the ownership went through a catastrophic financial disaster that put the team in extreme financial peril. And I'm pretty sure if the Madoff situation didn't exist, they probably wouldn't have had to bloodlet $52 million from the payroll. But you want to know something? Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that it did exactly. happen. That's exactly right. The That's law exactly. of unintended consequences. Right. Ooh, fancy. You like that? But, that? but that brings me to my second point, which is don't tell me about where they are. Tell me about uh, or, or, why they're here. And also take into account the fact that there was very little to be done to solve this short of giving Josh Hamilton $115 million, which they weren't going to do because it's stupid. So don't, uh, yeah, I know. The outfield's not good. I get it. Why is it not good? Well, because Omar Minaya ignored the farm system for years and years and years and gave out awful contracts. And, And Jason Bay wasn't supposed to be an awful contract, but it turned into one. And Sandy Alderson, when he took over the team, had to bloodlet it for $50 million because he had about $8 million to sign players with last year. So we, we get it. The outfield is bad. Was signing Michael Bourne going to fix that? Is that a good idea? No, it wasn't. So you can bitch about Michael Bourne in three years when he's making fourteen million dollars a year and hitting two twenty-five with a three twenty on-base percentage. Forget about in four years. They just got. We just went through a cycle where they went and complained about exactly. all the money that they spent. We just I mean how? Exactly. I, again, these these people are not four years old. <laughs> I said it last week. They just had the, the like the second highest payroll in baseball four years ago. Four years ago, and they lost ninety-two games. I don't. Und- I do not understand it. I don't understand it unless they're looking for the train wreck that writes the stories for them. Tell me what the fix was. That's what this article. Oh, it's the worst outfield in the history of units, and then he compares it to some backcourt in the NBA. Okay, we get it. You want to be Bill Simmons? We got it. All right. Tell me how he could have fixed it. Would he? Have, should he have traded? Matt Harvey or Zach, yes, Hitler that's that. Or Justin Upton. The, I, I cannot get no. over the amount of people that wanted that want to have done that. That's 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 just absolutely stupid. Because stupid. because they have it in their minds that these guys are going to be Generation K again, and you don't know what you're going to get out of them, so you might as well trade them right now and get Justin Upton. Right. I the, you know the guys that you could have had Upton and Bourne in the same outfield this year. That's what you could have done. Instead, you went with the worst outfield in the history of humanity. And Upton and Bourne, what? That wins them what? Five more games. So now all of a sudden that they would have been a contender with Upton and Bourne in the outfield. Justin Upton, who, by the way, when he you know hits, you know, three twenty and not and has forty home runs and a hundred RBIs, let me know. Let me know when he plays to his potential, by the way. But that's okay, because he was some sort of proven commodity, right? Please. Yeah, that would have been a great-looking outfield. And you would have sacrificed $50 million on Michael Bourne. And you would have sacrificed Zach Wheeler, a potential number one ace of your staff. I just... I, I'm sorry. I had to respond to that article because it's just – it's 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 dumb. Sorry. It's just dumb. It's, it's, it's done to generate page hits and get Met fans to jump on board. Yeah, look. We'll all read this article that makes fun of the team we root for, supposedly. Supposedly root for. Yeah. Right. That was the, the team we supposedly want to see be successful. And the other thing is, and and, and I have to mention this, and then we can go to the fun load, but the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association, the union chief, was at uh, Port St. Lucie today and said the Mets require a higher payroll to be competitive. And every Met beat reporter picked up on this, see – See, they're not spending money. They're going to need to spend money to be better. And this was laughable to me. Are are you looking at the source? So let me get this straight. The guy who works for the players, whose job he has because of the players, thinks that Teams, like the Mets, should pay the players a lot of money to be competitive. Wow. News Breaking. Way to break a story there. I said it, Cal. I said if he was in Tampa today, you know what he would have said? Think the Yankees cutting payroll and trying to get under the luxury tax threshold. Really going to affect their competitiveness. I think if the Yankees want to remain competitive, they should, you know, keep the salary where it is because you have to pay for good players. I would have said the same thing. It's so. How no? NetBeat reporter picked up on this or wanted to. Well, I think that I think there's a distinction there. I think some of them did, but it didn't doesn't fit into the narrative, so they ignored it, and some of them just didn't just didn't pick up on it. That's the most obvious thing I've ever heard in my life. The head of the Players Association, whose job it is to make sure that the players get as much money as possible, is trying to guilt the Mets into paying more money for their players and having a ridiculously high salary again. Shocker. I feel shocked. I'm like Pepper in uh, Dodgeball. <laughs> I feel shocked. Wow. I, he, What's that? He wants the Mets to have a ridiculously high payroll and spend tons of money on players? Wait, what did you say his position is again? Head of the players' union? (laughs) Wow. They require a high payroll to be competitive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Breaking. This just in from St. Lucy. This just in. Guy hired by the players wants the players to get a ton of money. and hopes that a major market team like the Mets spends ridiculously. News at 11. (laughs) LOL Mets. LOL Mets. They had the second highest payroll in baseball and lost 92 games. Hey, can we try it this way? Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. You know, if we build a really ridiculously strong starting rotation and a farm system that allows us the flexibility to trade for an outfielder that we might need. Let's just no. Let's no. see what happens. No, just give somebody a lot of money and, and make a show of it. Just put them in bags, like big, huge <laughs> money bags and like a dump truck. We'll give pull him, up in front of his house. Give him one of the checks, like the PGA Tour checks. Oh, like a huge, oversized check. That's right. Right. When you sign him. Give him an over like a ridiculously Happy Gilmore oversized bank check. I got a I got a good one. Why don't you sign a guy and hold a press conference and give him a blank check and say, you know what, <laughs> you fill it, it fill in, fill it out, whatever you think is fair. <laughs> would that would that prove that the Mets are back in business? Because clearly the one hundred and thirty eight million dollars they just gave David Wright. The best, yeah. Which he had a comment on too, by the way. Who had a comment on the union chief? What, that he would have gotten more. Of course, but but that they were happy that he stayed with the, you know, that the Mets made the overture and he stayed with the team that he came up with. Of course, he, but he said he said he probably could have made a ton more money, which you should read into the Major League Players Association not happy with David Wright just like they weren't happy with C.C. Sabathia when he turned down the Yankees' initial offer and was going to go to the San Francisco Giants for about $30 million less than he right. got. Or even when Alex Rodriguez was going to go to Boston for, like, nothing. That's right. Yeah. I feel shocked. The Major League Players Association head wants, wants his players to get the most money possible and hopes that the Mets start spending again like drunken sailors. Oh, my God. I mean... I hate to I hate to do it, but we're right now, Bri, we're on the opposite of the of most Met fans. Like most Met fans right now are Beningo or or you know, the woe is me, L O L Mets like is so prevalent. And we're like like I'm 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 sitting here and I'm railing against this and stuff. I'm railing in favor of positivity in the mess, and we're like the complete opposite of everybody else. We're like really on the other side. I don't. I, I'm not looking for a pat on the back either. I'm, I don't have pom poms out. No, no. no, no. I, I hate the woolpons. I still wish they would sell the team tomorrow. That's not the point. The point is always kill them for what you're supposed to kill them for. Don't kill the team for everything that they do. I I I just finished the Mike Piazza book. Yeah, you that's right. You're saying great. great point. Yeah, this was this is what I think about because in the book he talks about something that we always thought. Met fans always kind of thought that this is what how the Mets operated, and he confirms it. The Mets made moves, at least during his time there based on the reception they would get from the, from the public. But what kind of reaction are we going to get for making this move? We don't want to make this move because the public is going to react negatively, even though it's in the best interest of the team. So let's do the popular thing. Let's do the one that's going to get us better press. And, and that's, Jason Bay. And that is how the – Jason Bay. He clearly, might be, clearly it didn't stop after Piazza left. No, he might – but Jason Bay might have been the last big – well, Oliver Perez, too. Yeah, but that was but that was Jason Bay was the last. You're right, Jason Bay is the last example of Omar Minaya doing this. Right, Absolutely. So So the whole point is that that's the, they've that's been doing it for the, 20 years. That's how the Mets operated. So now they're doing it differently. It didn't work for 20 years. So now they're doing it differently, and Sandy Alderson is making moves in the best interests of this club. He's not throwing money around. Just for the sake of throwing money around, with the financial limitations that he's had too, but but, keep that in mind too. But but by all accounts, those restrictions have been lifted a little bit. No no no, they they have. I'm saying for the first three years here, though, he's had unbelievable financial restrictions. Right, but let's talk about this year where where the restrictions have been lifted, and he's still choosing not to spend the money because it doesn't make sense to give a 30 year old outfielder who only uses his legs. $60 $60 million for five years. It doesn't make sense to throw money at a guy, a closer, who lost his job in the playoffs. In Detroit. Not New York, mind you. No. I mean, how bad of a closer do you have to be that you lose your job in the playoffs? <laughs> but let's give him a lot of money. That'll right. show that the Mets are serious. Because he's a name. Right. You know, it's just, I, I, I just don't, I, and people, Mets fans are not used to that. Let's give Shane Victorino three years and thirty-nine million dollars. Shane Victorino, use your head. I'd rather have Kirk Newellise and, and and Colin Calgill every day. I really would. At least I can find out if one of them is a player. I, I yeah, they're, they're just not. They're not used to that. I guarantee, if the right guy Washington comes along, watch him line tomorrow. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I would be willing to bet if the right guy comes along, they will pay the money to get him. If Sandy also, if Sandy also feels like the guy, there's a guy that the Mets need to have. He's a perfect fit for the team. He fits right in with what we're trying to do here. We're going to sign him. There's a reason he went after Upton so hard.
0: He went He would have
1: made. He would have made that trade if it was Nice. Cal, if they were taking Neath back and like even Harvey or Wheeler exactly, if they were taking Neath and Wilma Flores back, he would have made that trade. Oh yeah, I I I absolutely agree with that. He wanted Upton. He wanted up. He wanted Upton so bad that he didn't get Hairston. Exactly. So because because he couldn't, he wouldn't guarantee Hairston starting time. Right. So now you're going to kill Sandy Alderson for not signing Scott Hairston. When the reason why he didn't sign Scott Harrison was because he was trying to get the better player, which is the very thing you want this man to be doing. Right. He was trying to give you the guy that you wanted. Right. So you're going to kill him because you didn't get the, the lesser player. Short of trading, uh, you know, the, the third best pitching prospect in baseball. Generation K. No doubt. Uh, you know, we got plenty of time. I, I had to pick on those two Met things today they drove me a little nuts. That's, you know, and he'll, especially he'll the the, edge. the union head thing is just, it's yeah. just, I mean, now let's get happy. No. I don't hate him, though. The union head? No, that's his job. Of course job. not. That's his job. But that's the miraculous thing. That's all he was doing. He was doing his job. His job is to get the players the most money possible. If he can guilt the Mets into giving out stupid contracts, of course he should. And it worked perfectly. He dropped dropped the little required. That was the word he used. It's going to require the Mets becoming a high payroll team again for them to be competitive. Really? What was the Giants' payroll in the two years that they won the World Series? How about the Tampa Bay Rays? Making the playoffs like four out of the last five years. What's their payroll look like? Really? This would have nothing to do with the fact that they're in New York. (laughs) I mean, use your head. Uh, I shouldn't say use your head. It's just that nobody wants to use their head. They don't want to. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. All right, enough. PJ.
0: I wish I knew what you guys were talking about.
1: (laughs) Oscar is a fickle girl. Let me start that again. It's the worst fun load intro ever. We only have about 10 10 minutes of live stream left. And there are people listening for your Oscar predictions, Peach. But
0: first, first,
1: can you tell us how you feel about the Oscars in general? I
0: feel feel good.
1: No, 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 no. Not this year's Oscars. I'm talking overall as an award show.
0: Yeah. Right. How do you? I feel love it? it. I love it.
1: Are you, are, I do love you it. get into it? Do you pill, fill out the ballot? Do you get into Do you, you know, we're gonna talk about the food.
0: I, I love that after all these years they still choose to televise things like best sound.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's the that's the geek in you there. That's your job. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it, it, takes, it takes about 400 or 500 people to make a movie. Roughly. And the, and then everybody fawns over, like, three people.
1: Hey, right, who who actually worked for about nine minutes. Right. <laughs> Total time. They,
0: they they spend 90% of their day in a trailer.
1: All right, waiting for a shot to be set up.
0: Or in makeup. I love the actors who complain about sitting in the makeup chair.
1: Yeah, I know. Actors you know, who like yeah.
0: Seven people around you working. They're working while you're sitting in the chair. My, on you.
1: Very hard, by the way.
0: Yeah. Too. Like, they're,
1: they're doing difficult stuff.
0: Like, oh my God, every morning I had to be there by like 4 a.m. Ugh.
1: I just sit in makeup for like three hours. Really?
0: Nothing you, to do. There's nothing you, to do.
1: You do realize that seven people had to put that makeup on you for seven hours and make you look like yesterday. And am pretty sure they life. have
0: to arrive dressed and showered so when right. they get up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it, you know, the, the the biggest thing that bothered me about the Golden Globes, we didn't get to talk about this, but um, the some of the acceptance speeches, which are usually crap anyway, but uh, unless it's, uh, what's his name? Hugh Laurie. Um, his are just magnificent. But um. The, like, the Anne Hathaways, who I like, by the way, and the Lena Dunhams, and, you know, with the, this validates me as a person, and really? Wow, you're, boy.
0: Are you forgetting? I mean, have you been away from, from room full, uh, rooms full of actors for so long that you're forgetting that 90% of actresses are crackers?
1: No, I haven't. That's why I never dated one. Um... They are crackers, and and but that was very disappointing to me. To say that some award validates you as an actress now, now if Anne Hathaway Not as an actress as a person as a person right thank you yeah now Anne Hathaway is saying that it valid you know being nominated with those people with like a Meryl Streep or something like that validates you in your profession in the craft great I got no problem with that but that this valid this you needed to validate you as a person.
0: Yeah, they need to be validated for the oh, you know, deciding when they were thirteen that they were gonna do this.
1: Yeah, and I mean somebody said that at the Teen Choice Awards too. <laughs> I don't know who it was. This validates me as a tween. As a as right. a person. Right. This means more to me than you know. That's fine. Winning this
0: sharing this award with Zach Efron <laughs> for best kiss. <laughs> Billy really validates something
1: Miley Cyrus you are my muse <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to thank what the a folks at Nickelodeon to Zach and <laughs> Cody.
1: this one's going on the shelf next to my MTV award thanks <laughs> this one's going on the shelf next to the astronaut thank you
0: where I won best wipeout <laughs>
1: It's just I Zach and Cody. Zach and Cody. <laughs> It'd be great if somebody thanked Zach but not Cody so much. Who
0: well, wanna thank Zach but have Cody? Right. Or or forgot
1: Cody, like sort Who of Who never uh,
0: believed in me. Right.
1: Chad Lowe style. Just forgot Cody. Um so you, but you're you're pro Oscars, <laughs> would you say?
0: Well, yeah, I'm 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 pro Oscars. I am,
1: too. I, I, I am, too. Of of all the award ceremonies, I still... um, uh, It's one I always watch, and I... Uh, I mean, I, so I, films I think
0: are huge endeavors. Huge. Right. And I think it's okay that they can slap each other on the back for a night and be like, hey, you know, the one you did, that was really good. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> when you did that thing, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I have the uh, I have the ballot in front of me. I know you gentlemen have seen none of these pictures.
0: Can we talk about we, one?
1: Go ahead.
0: Well, we did this on nominations night, though, didn't we? We did.
1: Yeah, well, we, we did. Got, we didn't, Let's we didn't talk pick about the...
0: Seth MacFarlane hosting. Oof, magnificent.
1: Oh, I love it risky. so much. Very risky. Very risky, and it could be risque. It's going to be both. It's going to be risky and risque. It it
0: feels a little little forced.
1: That's my 80s uh, pop supergroup, by the way.
0: Risky risque?
1: Risky risque. (laughs) (laughs) We opened for Colour Me Bad. (laughs) For Cameo? For Cameo. By the way, I was the fat one who looked a little like George Michael.
0: And I was your keyboardist. I wore the keyboardist on the guitar strap for you.
1: I right, know. I had the five o'clock shadow, just the a little guitar. Guitar George Michael, but I was a little chunky. Hey, every every one uh, risky risque.
0: You know, we have to do that as a side project now. Oh, no doubt. I think, I think we have to do at least one eighty song as risky risque. Risky risque. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have to go too far back in my closet to find appropriate clothing.
1: That's right. You especially. I might have Oof. to make a trip to the uh, you. This stuff in heavy rotation there. That's been there for a long time. <laughs> I, I
0: still got some acid watch jeans, and they're yeah, only a, a couple of hangers back.
1: You got a skinny tie you could throw on?
0: All hey, I the skinny,
1: own. T- But the skinny tie came back, Cal. Did it? Yes. I must have missed that at the Harlem Shake. I got
0: a piano tie, sir. <laughs> wow.
1: I would have to. Uh, I would. It would. It It would look a lot. I don't know if I go white jacket, pink shirt, <laughs> <You're doing laughs> like, like it a little go, ducky, up. right? <laughs> I would definitely go ducky style. So, risky, yeah. risque. The lead single is obviously still titled, right? It's called risky, yeah. risque. Risky, risque. Right. Right. We are in parentheses from the album risky, risque. Correct. <laughs> right.
0: We have we have a. It's got a single voice sample on it because that's all the keyboard could hold. <laughs> and I just hit the key over and over again, and it goes, rir, 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 Risque, rir, 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 risque, risque, risque. Risque. I get that's all my de- fashion sense from Dennis DeYoung of sticks
1: <laughs> more, more unfortunate words have never been spoken. Desert Moon <laughs> era. <laughs> just so Desert you know what to expect. <laughs> Getting any advice from Dennis DeYoung. Is poor.
0: Well, I got I was, a great was, idea. Let's
1: all dress up as robots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to bring up to Linder if he called. I wanted to know what he, if if he had listened to Kilroy was here lately and if he thought the much maligned album had improved.
1: The best, my favorite part of the whole <laughs> Mr. Roboto era and stuff is Tommy Shaw talking about it now. <laughs> And just just the belligerence and the anger he has towards Tennessee Young,
0: he, right? <laughs> He's
1: just so angry. Like well, that, I would kill him I, if I I of of that right interview. Now. What's Listen,
0: that? I was listening to this album because it was in it was in the five dollar bin, and I picked it up, and I put the album on for my kid, and he
1: which is who it's meant for, by the way.
0: He loved it. Of course, he did. Absolutely loved it. it. It opens up with Mister Roboto. Yeah. And there's a song on there called "Heavy Metal Poisoning."
1: Of course there is.
0: And the it's, but you know what? Tommy Shaw didn't bring anything to that album. No. <laughs> because he was so pissed off. No, no, he's got three tracks on there, and they're weak. He was bringing no game.
1: Hold on, hold on. We're about to say goodbye, the, live the, audience. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I'm ready to unload with Count Zippy. Got it in. I don't, voice no, but much that's lit it
0: up there a little bit. <laughs>
1: I went uh, full Jay. That was
0: like, "Cheeby,
1: cheeby, Hey, so uh, Tommy Shaw uh, didn't like the album. <laughs> wow, that's a, one of the worst Jay Leno's. Ever. That was like Mark Maron doing a Jay Leno impression. <laughs>
0: I think Tommy Shaw's a little bit defensive. About that,
1: uh... <laughs> Remember how all my impressions used to be through the filter of Saturday Night Live people doing them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now they're all through the filter of Mark Marin doing. If he that's hosting not, Saturday Night that's Live. If not if he a, a hosting good
0: direction. No. You shouldn't go in that direction.
1: Tommy Shaw is so angry.
0: At He's angry awesome. that his stuff sucks on that album.
1: No, no, no. I think he, I th- Peach, I think he mailed it in. I think his stuff sucks on purpose. Like I think he like Dennis DeYoung came to him and was like we're gonna do a rock musical thing where we're all robots. It's gonna be awesome, and I'm writing it. It's a rock opera, and Tommy Shell's like, yeah, I got three songs for this album. You just they're gonna be awesome. You just wait, check them out. And I think he, I think they're purposeful phone in jobs. I really do. I think he's trying I, to sabotage the album. I really do.
0: Thanks the record.
1: I think he's, I think he's throwing the game.
0: Well, DeYoung wrote two songs and they were monster hits. Oh, yeah. no, It's not like he was doing something wrong.
1: But just like Cal said before, when you listen to Tommy Shaw talk about it and he says, yeah, and then I'm going to dress up as a robot (laughs) and play this rock opera song. What? And they're they're
0: Japanese? Right. Really? (laughs) He's like, like, we're a rock band. What are you talking about? I'm not saying it was a good direction for the band, <laughs> but I think that album got really maligned with the whole behind the music thing. Right. And people expect it to be the Crappy Sticks album. It's not that it, bad. It's 50% bad because Tommy Shaw didn't contribute. I'm telling I think you. I he should own that.
1: He threw the game. I yeah. think he would. I think if you talked to him today and you asked him to be... If you if you used Cal's favorite line, you gave him truth serum.
0: Two questions with Tommy Shaw. <laughs> Two
1: questions with Tommy Shaw. I would have one question. You phoned it in, didn't you? He would know exactly what I was talking about, too. I wouldn't even have to say the album's name. Yeah, you got me. You got me. Busted.
0: So, so have you heard about this record store um, called the uh, the Recess Gallery in Soho? No. For all this, they stock this, is the White Album.
1: What? <laughs> the entire store.
0: It's all it is. Hundreds of copies of just the White Album.
1: Come on. Is that real?
0: It, it's real. It's fascinating.
1: Wow. What? What's fascinating about that? Why?
0: Why? Why do you
1: need hundreds of copies of the White Album?
0: You could go in there and you could pick what you think is the most awesome vintage copy of the White Album and take it home with you. Because, you know, some of them have, like, uh, artwork that someone doodled on there, or there's, like, coffee stains on it.
1: Oh, I see. I see. And and how is this store doing?
0: These are previously... It's in Hipsterville. How do you think it's doing? There's probably a line around the corner.
1: I think people are buying new versions of the White Album every day.
0: Now the white album used to be uh, my least favorite Beatles album for a while. Really, least favorite? Probably least favorite cause I, I,
1: one or two, or in or in Toto. It
0: was it was the album where I was I, I skipped the most songs. I think really to get to ones I liked. I mean, there's there's, there's some Ringo on there that's pretty weak. There's Revolution Number no. Nine, which how many times can you hear that?
1: Once, and then and, <laughs> Once. And, and then madness sets in. <laughs> Any more than that, and you contemplate uh, bad art. But and it, they- uh,
0: it's improved for me over the years. I, I went back to it recently, and uh, now I really dig it. Matter of fact, I I have sort of become a, a Beatles like sixty-six to seventy.
1: I would say there's probably five songs on the entirety of the White Album that are among, in easily in my top 20. Easily. All time. Top 20 songs or top 20 Beatles songs?
0: Top 20 Beatles songs. Okay. Easily. Would you care to name them?
1: Sure. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, <laughs> Mother Nature's Son. Beautiful song. Um... I would put uh, Cry Baby Cry. Cry Baby Cry might be in my top 10 favorite Beatles songs of all time. Really? Yes.
0: Make Your Mama Thigh?
1: Love it. Can't, I absolutely adore it. Uh, your, bl- that. your Blues?
0: You're blowing me away now.
1: I'm so tired. In fact, I'm so tired, probably in top 10. This
0: is just off the top of his head, too, remember. And, uh. Did you say that as a Frenchman, by the way.
1: <laughs> Which one? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> it
0: sounds better that way.
1: The it is so nice the way John Lennon is so tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so sauce That That song is so nice. You sound um, more like a Canadian, like a French you. Canadian. I do. He's he's devolved into a a, a complete canuck, you know. It is a sonata. I used to be a lonely boy, and now I am here, and it's a sonata. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, happiness is a warm gun. Bang bang, shoot shoot.
0: Wow. Yep.
1: All in the top twenty favorite Beatles songs of all time.
0: I think if we went head-to-head, you and I would like some very different Beatles songs. Well, let's do it, PJ. <laughs> oh, shit. What could be more interesting than listing Beatles songs? Yeah, exactly. And going, yeah, Beatles, no. head-to-head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, can we get Scott Muni in here? Do we need Scott Pete. First up, your shop.
0: <laughs> now we're going to go head-to-head. head-to-head. Beatles, oh, head-to-head.
1: <laughs> Sunday with the Beatles,
0: head-to-head. What's your favorite Beatles album?
1: Me or Cal?
0: Both. Both of you, please. Oh, uh, unless Cal doesn't like the Beatles, I didn't ask.
1: I like the I Beatles. Like a eel. I like I like the Beatles just well enough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Beatles just fine. Thank you, sir. Abbey Road. Really? Yes. I'm a I'm a late '60s Beatles guy myself. All right. I like uh, the, I I wow. Favorite Beatles album? Goodness. Uh, I would say at one time it was Rubber Soul.
0: Sure, um, no region Wood, Nowhere huh. Man, good stuff. Yeah,
1: just uh, the the transition album. Um, although some will say Revolver is that.
0: Well, I'm, <sighs> Rubber I'm Soul to Revolver. <laughs>
1: Favorite Beatles album. I did just get very Todd McShay there. (laughs) (sighs) You know, Peach, uh, these are the hard questions that you got to ask yourself when assessing Beatle (laughs) albums.
0: No, I look, I think Rubber Soul into Revolver is one of those rare treats where you can actually hear a band evolving.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would, uh, I, you know what? I. man, Abbey Road's up there too. I don't. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. I'm gonna say I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have a backbone. I'll say Rubber Soul. I'll stick with Rubber Soul because it's such a perfect transitional album. That I just. That's just me. I tell you what though, the Beatles' White Album, Disc One. Is, yeah. Is there?
0: It, I I I'm, I have a dead heat tie. Um, for Abbey Road and uh, and and uh, the first album of uh, the White Album.
1: You know what bothers me about Abbey Road and has always bothered me about Abbey Road was, and I I love it, but it was the callback album where McCartney basically, like they weren't working as a band at that point anymore. They were right. working as solo. We're not going to do the history of the Beatles here. But I'm just talking personally. <laughs> Why not? It, it just always bothered me that the the, the uh, you know the, the 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 idea was that they were working as solo artists and basically using each other as backup musicians for their stuff, and that always bothered me because but it was good stuff though. It's incredible. Don't get me wrong. That's the thing. But I that's why I've always sort of preferred a Rubber sole or a Revolver or even Sergeant Pepper's to an Abbey Road because they were working as a as a unit.
0: But Still. You don't you don't think from uh after here comes the sun to the end of the album you don't think that that's a that's a band project? No. The giant medley?
1: I don't I think I think the giant medley was a a compromise because they had all these unfinished songs and Paul wanted to finish an album. And so they're like fine, let's just run them all together. Like, I think that it just reeks of Paul to me. Like, the whole album is just Paul calling everybody back together for one more try, and they don't like each other, and they're they're not... I don't know. It just... it just... Eh,
0: it leaves me cold. Where are you getting this information?
1: Oh, yeah, because I'm breaking new ground here about the Beatles and Abbey Road.
0: I think much of that is apocryphal.
1: Really? I guess you never saw the Beatles complete. Which we should mention is where I learned how to do a British dialect. Nice. I got that from my Uncle Vinny for Christmas in uh, 1985. British dialect? I got British dialect. I don't know how he wrapped it. But uh, he got it. Uh, no, I got the Beatles complete. It was a great documentary. Um. Uh, a great Beatles documentary, and uh, that's where I learned the British dialect. I, but you know, this is uh, all very. Uh, can I just say one thing about the Oscars? But you know, it the Well, we talked a little bit about the music, the original song, when the nominations came out, and I'd just like to say again, this is a disgrace. I'm looking at the nominees for best. Song original song.
0: All right. Uh,
1: I, there's always at least every year there's one song that has some sort of integrity.
0: What, what do we have this year? It's I always the, the song that Randy, Randy Newman here. does,
1: right? <laughs> That's right, it's never the song that Randy Newman does. But I, I just I know we've talked about this already, but before my time, from Chasing Ice, music and lyric by J. Ralph. Oh, okay. Suddenly, from Les Miserables, music by Claude Michel Schoenberg, lyric by Herbert Kretzmer and Alain Boubille, which is an original song. You talked about this. An original song that they wrote for Les Mis. Like, could you be pandering for an Oscar more? Yeah. Uh, Pie's Lullaby from Life of Pie, music by um, Michael Dana, lyric by Bombay Jachry. Skyfall, music and lyric by Adele, okay, I guess. And now, The the Great Hope, Everybody Needs a Best Friend, music by Walter Murphy, lyric by Seth Seth MacFarlane from TED. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, come on. Can we get one decent song? Have you heard all of those songs? Yes, I have. You have? Yeah, what do you, uh, what's your dumb. take on them? Skyfall. Yes, you're absolutely right, Peach. Skyfall is very annoying. I think the the Seth MacFarlane song is funny and nice and good, and that's great. Uh, I have not heard Before My Time by Chasing Ice. Sorry, apologize, or from Chasing Ice. I've heard Suddenly, that. I've heard Pie's Lullaby, I've heard Skyfall, and I heard the other one.
0: Hey, come on! We the movie where ice melts, right? <laughs> it's time lapse. Photography of ice melting. I believe it is. All right. That's the that's the
1: premise of the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the song, I guess, elevates that experience or justifies that experience.
1: This is just paint accompanies paint
0: that experience
1: from paint drying. And now the nominee is for Best Song. This is Grass Shall Grow. From <laughs> Grass Growing. <laughs> I mean, seriously? Come on, man. I just want a good song in there, that's all. I guess my expectations will always be... Like Amy and been nominated. They should have done a,
0: a, a Cooperstown. They should have said no nominees this year. that's like right. best score. That's be done with it.
1: Right. They should have went baseball hall of fame and made a statement. That until you guys can come up with a decent friggin' song, we're not giving out the award this year.
0: You know what? There are no songs
1: <laughs> There'll be no more
0: music.
1: <laughs> uh okay, last thing, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. What is, <laughs> what are you eating at the Oscars? Well, I mean, you're not going to be at the Oscars. I'm saying, what are you eating while like, you're watching the Oscars?
0: There's BJ. Holy crap. <laughs> and why has he
1: got a sandwich? Why He's he got killed? a turkey
0: leg. Big turkey leg.
1: Like a big drumstick?
0: Right. I always wanted to be Henry VIII. Yeah. Why is he
1: doing the Henry VIII? <laughs> is
0: I he, think he eating button on camera?
1: He's got a crown and everything. He pulls it <laughs> off in that Louis Vuitton, though. He does.
0: Uh you see, that...
1: Chris. Hold my scepter.
0: Well, For the Oscars, I, I do junk food. I here, I got a bowl of Cheetos.
1: Here, Joan Rivers.
0: <laughs> and uh, some hot cocoa. i hold this turkey leg. Like.
1: <laughs> you you go uh, pure junk food? May I suggest the Frito Pie? Do you know what Frito Pie is? That's a Texas thing, isn't it? It sure is. And it is good. It's fine. Oh, what is it? You get yourself some Fritos, you get yourself some chili, and you get yourself some... Cheese and you know shredded cheese and onions, chopped onions. And you just you make a little Frito pie. Oh, delicious! We're all fatter for having listened to that.
0: I uh, I think I'd be my Lipitor. <laughs> right after
1: that, gives your kids the fats. Cal, what are you uh, what are you going to be eating for the uh, for the Oscars there? I you know I hadn't thought about it. We oh, better start. I make hors d'oeuvres nice. Yeah, oh, you go all out. This is like a thing for you, huh? I'm going to go hors d'oeuvres. Which is not a thing for us, the Oscars. Classy L- pigs. Well, you know, I'm a failed actor. It's a thing. <laughs> well, it's a thing. Yeah. I'm more of a Grammys guy. Yeah, see. Which you don't like. They'll never watch them again, ever. Now, the S. F- now you're talking that's when the spread comes out I'm more of a people's choice guy that's when I put together a a mean party okay PJ final on those
0: I want you guys to come back next week and I want you to bring out an album that is universally panned but you love and I want to hear you defend it make your best case for something could be anything
1: Wow, the is cast, I love it Pocket full of
0: kryptonite <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it He couldn't, he couldn't wait to <laughs> get I can't it. wait wait Make a list An outline
1: <laughs> He's holding up a picture of Chris Barron right now
0: I've got an prepare. entire paper <laughs> Please prepare <laughs> Wow
1: Easiest assignment ever Finally get to use that senior thesis again Glad I saved it In my word processor (laughs) In word perfect (laughs) Final unload Uh, Hey, uh, baseball writers of the world Nobody And I mean nobody wants to hear about your complaints about travel And how hard a life you have And and all of the the places you have to go in the spring Alright, zip it Keep it to yourself. I'm talking to you, John Heyman. <laughs> and my final unload is: I believe somebody uh, from this show has a birthday this weekend. Is it this weekend? When's your birthday? You, <laughs> you Chris, you Chris Barron. Two princes. What's your the tonight over there? <laughs> <laughs> What's Where, <laughs> your birthday? Ah, oh, it's Monday. Monday. Well, happy birthday. To my, uh, to my to my co-host the great uh inimitable mr. Brian Caniva Calpino, happy birthday brother first one to 39 well, <laughs> congratulations yeah you're doing it that's some award we <laughs> we did it last week i'm blazing a trail for you guys happy birthday brother thank you all right we'll see you all next week uh we may be a little early next week cuz i'm away Oh, so we gotta see. You may have two weeks to work on that pocket full of kryptonite. (laughs) Dissertation. BJ, thank you for your time. You're wonderful as always. Cal, I love you. Uh, That's it for episode 129. We'll see
0: you. Cal, start thinking about prostate health. Got it!